0: Excellent. That's my nice ice blue microphone vibrator thing. <laughs> vibrator. It's a microphone and a vibrator. Yeah! I don't know. For some reason, just looking at it, like, the blue, the logo thing they reminded me of. Never mind. I... Uh, wait,
1: I can... wait. What would it actually sound like if there was, like, a microphone on a dildo or something? Like, if you're <laughs> inserting it into someone?
2: Yeah. Do you want to find out? No! <laughs> Because there are ways to make this happen, and I could do that for you if you would want to actually hear
1: oh, it. Oh, no, 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 Do, no, you, no, this is,
2: no, no, do no. you want to hear what it's like inside of me? <laughs> like, if I sent you, a, like, a wave file one day and was like, hey, Rhett, oh,
3: I, no, I really no, want no, you to no, hear, no, no,
2: no, no. I really want you to hear what it's like in, inside of me, what would you do?
3: <laughs>
2: what would you do Tommy's
0: real good at flustering i,
1: don't I know didn't who I'm think this idea through. through okay <laughs>
0: i'm
1: sorry i didn't think this through idea through
2: so with that out of the way welcome to socks cast episode 62 how's it going everybody Oh, we're just going into it, huh? We're just going right into it's it, Rhett. Right into it, Rhett, so you can hear oh. it. So, you know, oh, I'll, God. I'll send it the <laughs> In same In fact, Rhett, you
0: just host the rest of the podcast. Come on, Rhett.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we finally got that Gen 6 list out of the way. Uh, That's some good stuff. Submit so, for
1: the Gen Seven list now. Yeah, some, yeah,
2: get right on that. <laughs> um, that that went up on the site this past week. The response to it has been great. So if you want to like read a whole bunch about 202 games,
1: then, and then that be really
2: and then be really mad about what came in number two. I'll be and really I'm... mad at what came about. Uh, you know what? My name is Polly, <laughs> and I fucking hate Sonic the goddamn stupid adventure.
1: <laughs> Fuck
2: that game. Okay,
1: but how do you feel about Sonic Adventure Two? Which I think is also that game's even
2: that game's even fucking worse.
1: Well, you're right. you're correct. Sonic Adventure Two is the 35th best game, and Sonic Adventure I think is the games the
2: games, the yep. games that <laughs> I think the, the I games, think games that Sonic, Sonic the games that Sonic Two the Sonic Adventure Two placed higher than they should like, all like feel gravely like insulted. 2. They should all feel gravely <laughs> insulted. Like, it is a fucking travesty that that game got anywhere out of the 200s. It should be... If it's going to be on the list, it should have been fucking locked at 202. Okay, well, but you like, know what?
0: I guess we'll just have to live and learn for next time. Get out
1: of my podcast right now. You know, it was going to be 203, but it was hanging on the edge of tomorrow. I I don't want to be part of this any longer.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> to my immediate virtual right, his flies in your eyes let him rise to the occasion. It's Rhett. His name is Knuckles, and unlike Sonic, he don't chuckle. Gonna ignore you now, John. Hello,
1: I'm here. Okay.
2: How's it going, Rhett?
1: Uh, apparently not great for my internet. Not great for your good old I, internet. I was I like, you're... oh, we got the we got the first one out of the way before recording, so I'll be good for a few hours. Yeah. And then, nope, two
2: minutes later. And, uh, like, I hear, like, weather not treating you guys so good down there. Her, her I mean, are... it's
1: been okay, but it's, like, managed to snow three Tuesdays in a row. That's yeah, kind of that's weird.
2: that's kind of bummer. <laughs> I heard you, like, love shoveling you some snow. I mean,
1: yeah. And ice Tuesdays especially. Ago. Ice is especially... Oh, yeah, the fucking ice. Like I you know what two...
2: that's like. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute, guys. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Like, something hot just fucking came in and... This is, like, start-the-show material. Hold on. Brett. I don't think you've even seen this yet.
1: No, I don't know what you're talking oh, about.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, this is something big. What? Um, uh. That just... Yeah. I'm sending you guys a link now.
0: What's and
2: this? um What? I'm gonna let you click that. Uh, so, <laughs> across my Twitter feed just now, a big uh, announcement just came through that Polly and John Thire... Are about to release a brand new video game on the world called Her Lullaby, and we currently have a nice teaser website and trailer over at net slash Her Lullaby. Hey, John, we made a game together. We did. It yeah. It took like three months. It took it two months, ass. actually. We started on it in December. Um, okay. We weren't telling anybody about it other than those that were involved.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Not. A- No, Rhett didn't even know. (laughs) Boy, Polly Dungeon looks really good. Yeah,
2: doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, But it is a visual novel. Uh, It is a story about two people who wake up together and want to murder each other and don't know why. (laughs) And the story builds from there. We can't really say a whole lot about it other than that because it is a very it's it's a story that has got a lot of mystery and uh intensity to it but we also worked on this thing with our boy Carmichael McAllis who did our character art and designs um hmm. Taylor handled our uh, music and sound design which is just absolutely phenomenal God um yes. and uh Andre is doing some extra art for us um we got a lot of good beta testers, uh, Listening Garden uh, from the Discord uh, and on Twitter. Uh, she took care of some uh, coding uh, stuff for us, and uh, that we was just kind of
0: Renpy's harder can be hard. Yeah, Renpy <laughs> is kind of a dick. <laughs> Basically, the second you're trying to do something that is a little bit hard, it becomes really hard, and until then, it's really easy. But the second it gets hard, it just jumps in difficulty like hugely. So.
2: Yeah, I hate Python with a passion. Uh... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, that is our new game. We uh, The game is essentially finished, but there are a few things yep. that we kind of need to get finished with it, and we need to run it through uh, a couple of more beta testers and do some more testing ourselves. I can
1: beta test.
2: No, you can't. Oh, what? We are we're we're hoping yeah. we're hoping to release uh maybe next weekend so around the uh the 12th is when we're kind of yep. hoping to get this out uh i kind of about just... a week
0: from week from
2: when this podcast drops Wait.
1: yeah polly polly yeah just do valentine's day
2: well maybe i don't know i just oh uh, that's
0: so good though
1: that actually, that's so good <laughs>
2: you know oh what? that's
0: so good polly
2: you know what fuck it okay we're going on uh, february 14th
0: oh that's good yep that's worth the two days okay yeah that's really good Coming right. up Valentine's Day. That's gonna I'm gonna remember cool. that forever.
2: Alright, her lullaby will come out on Valentine's Day
0: <laughs> yeah. this year.
2: Which we just thought of it just now, which is perfect.
0: Well, Rhett thought of it. So now Well
2: Rhett hey, Rhett, good, good job. Good yeah. job, Rhett. But uh I I just want to send a big thanks to everybody that helped us work on this and kept it quiet like we were Mm. banging around on this thing for, you know, since around the 1st of December or so where I sent John an idea and was like, hey, do you want to try doing this thing? And he was just like, hell yeah. And then it turned out to be this thing that I know that I am. Absolutely creatively fulfilled by in a way that I've not been creatively fulfilled in a long time. I threw a lot of myself into this thing, um, and it just felt really good to do. How about you, John? It was
0: real right. Um, I think this is the most proud I've ever been of a creative project I've been involved in. So, Yeah. Kind of across the board. I think y'all should play this game.
2: Yeah, I think I I think I think a lot of people will kind of enjoy like what this thing's going for. I think we wear our influences on our sleeve a bit. You can tell (laughs) just from the teaser, kind of.
1: I see a lot of John in that teaser for sure.
2: I actually
0: did the teaser myself. And yeah, actually, no, this is
1: the... the part where the blood is on the screen. I'm like, oh,
0: this is a John game. huh? This I... is very much a both of us game. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: it's
2: a both of us game. It's a both of us game, but like, you know, but kind of a, like, you know, it's definitely got a lot of dark themes to it. Um, and yeah. it's it like... is a horror game. Like, yes.
0: I mentioned that. Yeah, it is... There's a big old content warning at the start, so feel yeah. free to heed that if need be.
2: Yeah, like if you are sensitive to things like, uh, you know, descriptions of violence or illusions uh, or scenes that have to do with self-harm and suicide, you know, oh, by boy. all means, we absolutely think you need to turn away because we would rather you be mentally healthy than play our yep.
1: game that we're very proud of. You know, and then we've... if you bitch about it for three months on Twitter, they'll change it. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw that little surprise out there. I thought that'd be fun to kind of just
1: you blow it. You very literally surprised me just now. <laughs>
2: yep. Just blow it out on a podcast and be like, oh fuck, look at this shit. Um, so yeah. I kind
0: of figured also that this would very much be a Rhett game. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think Rhett is going to enjoy it. Yeah. So, uh, life is good. So definitely check that out uh, on the fourteenth. It'll definitely be appearing on the side. It'll be on the Twitter. It'll be all over the place once we release it because I think we're both going to be pimping it out pretty hardcore. Because I think yeah. oh god yes, we're both very proud of it, and we're, again, we're proud of the people that worked with us to help make this thing a reality mm-hmm. that is just far beyond what was initially imagined.
0: God, life That's is good. The- this has been a source of a lot of good feelings in the yeah, last several months. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it got me through like the last part of my depression, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a dark... It's been a dark time. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah.
2: has been it, a good for channeling a lot to of be shit. It a continues, continues to be yeah. a dark time, but we can continue throwing cool things into the world and hope they inspire others to express themselves and feel better, too. Yeah. I think that's a Feels good Feels good. Feels good. Feels good. So that's enough about us. We hope you guys check it out, though. Don't um, worry,
0: we will get back to us in the future.
2: Don't worry, yeah, we're, we'll probably have a nice circle jerk uh, post-mortem about this game, because mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot to unpack uh, mm-hmm. with it, and everything we kind of put into it. So, definitely yeah. be on we'll the look. a
0: spoiler cast for our own game.
2: Yeah, we're going to do a spoiler cast it's for harder. our own game. We are so <laughs> fucking conceited.
0: Oh, yeah, it's a, like Anna walked in at one point on us, like, doing a talk over after we finished first draft, and it, she said, Y'all are just suck it, going down on each other for like two hours there. Pretty great. <laughs> we kind of were, though. It feels pretty good. It does. It does. It and this does. is the 10th game on my little website, too. Nice! Yeah, nice. on Valentine's Day. That's, this is, this yes. is very good. To my there. immediate
2: virtual left, if dogs run free, then why not him? It's John Fire. Hi. I'm hey. gonna fly Hi. How's it going, John?
0: I said I'm gonna fly Hi. I don't
2: care that you said okay. that i really don't <laughs>
0: I'm doing really in well. in fact man. like
2: you said that i'm just gonna put a big fart noise all over it
1: <laughs> wait is that a sonic adventure thing i don't even remember. it's yeah, tails' dumb Steam. theme song uh,
0: yeah remember tails? his story is like one of my favorite parts yeah it's really nice so yeah the game, this, game.
2: working on this game is also why i haven't had a lot to talk about uh, on podcasts <laughs> lately so yep. that's another reason why I've kind of like you know just kind of had yeah. my head in the sand and not playing much. It's just because we've both been dedicating a lot of time to it.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: John, and are you yeah, ready for played, a podcast? Play so, did I played
0: through all Danganronpa while doing this. Damn. You played through thirty thousand
2: Castlevanias while doing this. I don't know all how right. you fucking did it. Oh, John we'll
1: consumes like no one I've ever seen. I before. know. I know. He also watched all of Pokemon while playing Castlevania yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> all, all right. right. A, so like I think we should probably snack. get
2: we should probably get this damn thing started, shouldn't we? Oh, okay. probably. probably. All I right. I mean, that
1: was kind of your bit there, the game.
2: Yeah, but it kind of was. It was kind of was to get it started. Have um, kind of a good intro. Good, good ass intro, I say.
0: Yeah. Let's pat ourselves on the back some more. All right. <laughs> all right, Rhett, you pat us on the back too. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm just feeling so, so yeah. affirmed. It's yeah, I know. I know. It's great. We are... Pr-
2: John, we're kind, <laughs> Me and you are kind of geniuses. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my we're God. <laughs> brilliant. I think, mean, God, just the way everything comes together. It's so yep. brilliant. Look,
0: looking forward to Game of the Year this year. Absolutely. I feel, like oh, it's much, I feel like it's pretty much settled.
2: Like, I think it's going to be on at least six or seven lists.
0: At oh, least. At
2: least.
1: All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Red. Brett. Hi.
2: How you doing? What have you been up to?
1: Uh, So last week, I was finishing up Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight, Mm -hmm. and I started over playing that game on hard, Oh, and I finished it on hard. Nice! That game's still still very good. And it's funny, though, because that game kind of has the same Dark Souls thing where the difficulty kind of peters out at the end, I think. Yeah. Like, those last two areas don't really escalate the difficulty... To account for the fact that you have just many more tools and health at your disposal. Yeah. So even on hard, like, you kind of breeze through the ending of that game. But it is funny, though, where, like... uh, Like, the first time I beat the final boss, I was like, holy fuck, that was hard. And then by the time I beat it on hard, it's like... I could probably do this on Lunatic, really, if I tried hard enough. Yeah, you, Yeah. Because you just... You learn the tells and stuff. Like, I only got hit one time during the final boss fight. Like all. Yeah, it,
2: it, it's like... It's very kind of meat boy in a way where, like, yeah. you die in one hit, but everything is so telegraphed that
1: mm. it's kind of easy to yeah see how you can learn patterns and stuff. Mm. And some of those magic spells, I didn't really mess with them much my first time. Mm-hmm. They are really goddamn strong. Yes. <laughs> and there's also spells, and there are things you get if you beat a boss without getting hit whatsoever. mm mm-hmm. So I happened to get one of those on my hard mode playthrough from, like, the first time you fight the witch. Mm-hmm. And it's this spell that, like, drops a billion squares onto the playing field. Oh, my God. And, and like, you use it on the final boss when she's, like, hovering in the center of the screen. And it'll just take out, like, half her life. Like, it's nuts. Wow. That's just one And there's another one that, like, kind of does, like, four orbs around your character that orbit. Mm-hmm. And it does a ton of damage to the second-to-last boss, the big knight that you can't use arrows on. Yeah. So, like, you just cast that, run in, and they'll stun her, and you can get a lot of hits off real quickly. It's like, wow, these, you have some damn tools at your disposal in this game. I didn't even know about, like, the flawless
2: battles thing until, yeah, like, I didn't until like, looking it up later after I'd finished
1: the game to see what I missed. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, because you, you're not going to no hit a boss your first time. You're Absolutely
2: not. None of these bosses, actually. They're pretty yeah. hard. <laughs> mm
3: hmm.
1: Yeah, that was kind of a cool surprise. And then, obviously, if you're playing on uh, the hardest difficulty, you're guaranteed to get those. Mm-hmm. Because you have to not get hit. Yes. So then you'll have every tool on a, on a lunatic run, or whatever it's actually called insane. And that's, that sounds really awesome. Yeah, but, like, I thought it was kind of getting a bit thin by the end. I'm like, I'm not actually going to do a lunatic run. Like, I think I'm good for now. Well, just
2: watch mm-hmm. Half-Coordinated do it with one hand and, feel, I, yeah, and feel very small afterward.
1: Seeing how hard this game is, <laughs> it's like, oh like wow he's doing it this with one hand that's crazy on insane difficulty that's just yeah. so amazing i almost think the enemies might be the hardest part of insane because like just one screw up and yeah. you're done like yeah. the bosses are much more telegraphed and you can kind of learn and manipulate them yeah <clears throat> so momodora reverie under the moonlight is actually the fourth game in the series mm-hmm. so i decide to peek back and go to the original
2: three <laughs> Uh-oh. And <laughs> I played Momodora 3 for five
1: minutes and said, I don't like how this feels at all. So I went further back. I started with the first one, uh-huh. which is a pretty shameless, hey, I liked Cave Story. Let's make a Cave Story-ish thing. Hmm. So like hmm. you, you're you playing as this little girl. I think you're playing as Rina or something. Like the story really isn't important in these games, so like the th- referee under the moonlight is so Barely, barely connected to the mm-hmm. others, uh-huh. but anyway. So, you're playing as a little girl, and you have a leaf as a weapon, just like in Reverie. And I'm like, oh, that's you know, they're they're starting similar. Yeah. I'm... And then like five minutes into the game, you just straight up get a gun.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> and it's okay. like,
1: a- and it's actually a gun. It's like the Colt 45 revolver, a good starting handgun. I'm just like, what the hell? <clears throat> and then there's like other guns that are like machine gun and like. A rocket launcher thing, basically. Well, this is all <laughs> really Cave Story stuff. It's really Cave Story. So, like, the craziest thing, though, is, like, the strongest gun, I think, is, like, kind of like the Magnum of to from Resident Evil or something. I forget what kind of ac- gun it actually was. A three fifty-seven, usually. Something like something like that. But anyways, the final gun in Momodora, or the strongest gun, is just straight up a hitscan weapon. Oh. Huh. It just fires the entire length of the screen instantly, oh, that's... which feels really shitty to use, because all you're ever doing is, like, seeing a smoke trail appear when you shoot, and it just hits everything instantly, mm. and it just doesn't feel good to use, you know? Mm-hmm. And the first game's also extremely difficult, like, by far the hardest ones besides probably the newest one on Lunatic or, you know, Insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I kind of struggle through that game we get to the final boss and the final boss sucks (laughs) like really Uh. badly because you don't get told anywhere in this game and you haven't used the feather or the leaf since like the first five minutes of the game to beat the final boss you have to do like the ganondorf thing of hitting a attack back at her no and it's just like how would you figure that out really because like it's also the first boss in the game so i'm like shooting it and shooting it and going with this hit scan gun and going like doesn't really seem like I'm doing anything, but I don't mm. know because there's no life bar and there's been no bosses up to this point. Oh. Uh, you know? So it's that's like, that's a then bit I of a look, problem. Yeah, so then I look online and I see, oh, you have to hit the thing back. And I'm just like, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of done here. So I moved on to Mom- So Momodora 1 is like just straight up linear levels. Yeah. Yeah. This one after another. So then I played Momodora 2. This is the one which, I played ages so, ago. This one changes things up, and it's a Metroidvania now. Mm. And it has the worst camera I've ever seen in, like, a game ever. Wow, that's <laughs> kind of, like,
2: it's not hard to do in a 2D game, but it feels like you kind of have to try to really have a
1: bad so game, like, camera in a 2D game. It definitely, it's, like, a very deliberately how it's handled, and it just feels like junk. So what it does is, is like, you know how Metroidvania games are typically, like, single-block like, on the map, it yeah. will be like, this one is two screens wider. this one's three screens wide. Yeah. When you do a transition, and you're jumping between rooms, the camera will walk to your character for a few tiles. Mm. And then, like, and then when you go all the way up, it'll kind of swing up into the new room. So, like, if you're on kind of a, the hairline between rooms, and you jump, like, the camera just goes nuts. Oh, like, that sounds... It flings, like, it flings up and then it flings back down, and it's just like, I was just like, what is this design? Yeah, that sounds bizarre. Yeah, it's it's super weird. And, like, it's super weird then because enemies can cross between rooms because it's all kind of one big connected thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's really hard to run away from enemies, which is kind of a thing that Momodora Reverie didn't keep over. Like, in that, you can just you do the transition and all enemies respawn.
3: Yeah.
1: So it's kind of funny, like, being chased by stuff in Momodora 2 feels a little bit like Dark Souls in a way, even though nothing else. It's just kind of a weird thing. Yeah. So and you you start to see more of the kind of things from Reverie show up in Momodore too, where like there are the bells and you hit, you whack them with your leaf to save. Mm-hmm. And but then overall, just like the world and didn't feel particularly connected in a thoughtful way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like there's a few more bosses uh-huh. and they're still junk, like really bad. Because, like, you're using this little tiny cave story size sprite and then mashing out your leaf attack because you only have the leaf in the second game. There's no more guns. Mm. So, like, kind of just mashing out attacks that are one frame long, like Strider or something, yeah. against these other tiny sprites that you have to be super, super close to. That's and something then, like, I
2: really didn't like about, like, just the first moments of Momodora 3 is that, like, the small sprites and having to be yeah. so close to everything, I just hated it.
1: Yeah, that's something that definitely didn't get better in 3. <laughs> But it's also very bad, too, because like, the few bosses are all, like, another human-sized character that's super tiny. Mm. And then, like, just very, very basic attack patterns on the bosses. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, then, like,
0: and the then... first two phases, I remember just being, like, so trivial yeah. but lengthy. Yeah, so it's, it's just true. Obnoxious.
1: And then it's hard to see, like, the enemy tells because you're mashing on top of them, basically. Yeah. And then you, and then you get to the last boss and it's the girl from the first game and guess how you beat her you hit the you use the leaf to blow back her attacks like Ganondorf
2: wow they were kinda, like, kind of kind of really they stuck to ag- an idea huh
1: they did it again because <laughs> you're playing as a different character in two yeah mm-hmm. so like overall two was probably like my least favorite of them like I almost quit because the camera thing was throwing me off so much that would like. Okay. That almost sounds headache inducing to me. Yeah, it it definitely because it was. I was just kind of like, why is this camera like whip around in certain points to like trying to make me dizzy? Yeah, like that would just absolutely give me a migraine. Yeah. Uh so then I jumped onto Momodora 3, which is the first one sold on Steam. Yeah. Cuz <clears throat> the first two are freeware games to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Momodora 3 Having played the other two first, it's like wow, this is such a huge upgrade in (laughs) graphics and music. Like, it's a massive jump forward as far as like aesthetics and feel go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then I remember a bunch of
0: people praising three, and I was confused because I played two.
1: Yeah, I was like, what's what what? But then, like, it still has the super tiny sprites, and it actually goes back to linear levels from the first game
0: style. Yeah. Oh, cool. I probably prefer that just unless they really nail it like apparently reverie does yeah yeah like reverie's world is just like it's one of my favorites like
2: ever Mm, definitely Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so like momodora 3 has individually really well constructed or like thematically like gameplay wise it's kind of whatever like nothing really stands out very Mm -hmm. well but like they're very pretty levels with really good music and Mm -hmm. then they're just not really connected at all, and that just does, does make it feel a little hollow. Like, you literally uh-huh. kill a boss and then just go through a door into the next level.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the best moment is when you get to the last level, and it's like this snowy field, and then the level name comes up, and it just says Hell. Oh! Huh. That's so that, yeah. That was pretty funny. No, yeah. That is good. So, yeah, I just, I kind of got to the end of that game, and then, like, the final boss was at least better than the previous two games, and it was just like, but it was a still, like, this witch that was a tiny Cave story size sprite, and you're still having to, like, get insanely close to mash-out attacks. And, and just, like, mm. yeah,
2: like, that's something I just I didn't like immediately about the game. Just getting even to the yeah. first boss was, like, a le- like, because they're small sprites, but, like, they have these big attack animations that really make it mm-hmm. too difficult to actually see what the boss is doing. And I just kept yeah. getting hit, and I was like, man, fuck this, I'm done.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm funny thing about Momodora 3 is that the bells are back to save, but you don't whack them with your leaf. You just press up. Yeah, you press and up. It, and then in, Reverly, in Reverie, they let you do either. You can either yeah. hit it or press up. That's and then, funny. Uh, like, this one introduces the money from Reverie as well, where enemies will drop crystals, and then you can buy items with it. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. That system's pretty well implemented in 3, I think. Like, trying to choose what gear to equip. Like, it's the first game with any kind of gear... Besides the guns, I guess in the first game, mm-hmm. it's like you can s- sort of see like the evolution from like two to three to Reverie, mm-hmm. and then one one is kind of this weird offball that doesn't contribute much, I guess. Yeah. The funny thing is that when you start three, you get a character select screen. And it's just Moma, Momo, or Dora. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like <sighs> really. Okay. And they're the two girls from one and two that you oh, played as before. Right. 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 Oh, cool. I guess one of them was originally going to represent hard mode, and then it just turned into hey, which do you want to play as, and then pick easy or hard. Yeah. And I played on hard, and it's definitely not as hard as the first game. Mm. Even that, that way. So, I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting, like, look back at someone's work and, like, trying to figure out, like, what makes Reverie so good. Like, what, like, how they came that far
2: yeah. like, through that series. Because, I mean, you mean, hey, props for sticking to it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. That you kind of kept reworking that one vision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it eventually came together so well.
1: Yeah,
2: it came together in, like, a masterpiece of a game. Like, yeah. awesome. I fucking love Reverie
1: Under the Moonlight. Definitely. And it's just weird, because it's just, like, trying to, f- like, analyze it and dissect it and be like, what makes Reverie so good? Like, because that world just feels co- cohesive and whole in a way the other games don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking how, like, when you start Reverie, it's like, you have a mission, going to the castle to visit the queen. So you have this whole first area that's just kind of, like, a regular level, basically. Like, there's not much exploring early on. Yeah. And then when you enter the second area, like, you're in the town now, and it's a logical connection. So, like, it makes the world feel consistent and makes sense in your head, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like, everything can kind of work, build off that initial connection whereas because the other games don't really start with any story like it just they all just kind of end up as just individual random pieces of levels
0: <laughs> did that
1: make any sense yeah i get what no, you that mean
0: totally makes sense this is i the get what you kind mean. of stuff i think
1: about yeah really hard. it's just really hard because like trying to figure out why the connected world in momodore 2 did nothing for me is just kind of tricky yeah. yeah,
0: that's really but, interesting. That that yeah. ki- That's kind of fascinating, I think. Yeah.
1: Cool. It was, so it's funny, though, because so I finished the third game, and it's like, well, this game has the best music and the best graphics, but, like, kind of fell off it by the end. And then, like, boy, I kind of expected, like, these games to get better as they went. But overall, like, I think I might have enjoyed playing the first one the most <laughs> just because it was just kind of this brutally hard Cave Story-ish thing.
3: Weird
1: such a weird way to come out of that rabbit hole. Yeah. Obviously, of the first three, obviously, Reverie's the best, but, like, of the Momodora... First four of them all. Yeah. Momodora 1 is just... It's really evil and hard, and, like, how it places enemies just to screw you over. Oh, yeah.
2: That's... Definitely.
1: And, like, especially the second game, just felt like the enemies were just there, and, like, some... I can't specifically recall what they were, but just, like, <laughs> really stupid designs like oh it's a flower that pops out and damages you when you walk next to it and you like cannot see it before that happens yeah yeah like just stuff that just like oh it's just kind of a thing hovering in the air and not attacking and like three's a little bit better but like one Mm. has enemies that are just savage (laughs) Mm. so yeah that's that's the momodora trilogy john yeah what have you been up to? I think I know, but oh gee, I, I forgot
0: to mention this the last two casts, But Anna and I watched Yuri on Ice, and it's really good. You've mentioned Yuri on Ice before. Have I talked about it in depth a, yeah, at all? Well, pretty sure. You've well, I hadn't about talked about, about it. It, it finished, <laughs> and I just wanted to mention that it finished since the last time I brought it up on the podcast, and the ending was really nice, and I felt very fulfilled coming out of it. No, no girls kissed in that stupid show at all. It's like I,
2: no, feel, li- it's li- I feel lied very... to. Right in the title. Right in the title. Like boom.
0: I feel like I feel like a lot of the audience, a lot of the participants of this of this podcast, and a lot of the audience of this podcast may feel some hostility towards the show called Yuri on Ice. That's actually about a bunch of boys. No, and I understand.
2: I I don't really Debit. have any hostility toward it. I'm actually <laughs> neutral toward it. I just kind of don't care.
0: Okay. It's it was a really sweet romance, and we came out of it feeling really good and nice. I really that gets the John Nana anime stamp of approval it was our favorite <laughs> from that year. It kind of launched us back into watching contemporary anime. Spoilers: John cried. Oh, like every episode. Yeah. Did the the boys cry as well? Oh, like every episode. Great. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good and gay and good. And also just, it's a really good sports anime where like, it's really dramatic and you care a lot well, there's about like a,
2: a lot of respect for the actual sport though. I mean, like, it's not like, like from my understanding, like it's well researched, um, like the, Incredibly. The, the, the figure skating aspect of the show. And I think that's really important if you're going to do a show like that is to not just have like, you know, like Yuri on Ice, it's just like, okay, we have a romance, but there's just kind of some skating the. it. Like, no, they actually put thought into that part of the show, which I think is really good.
0: Yeah, they squeeze so much into 12 episodes. The pacing is really cool with how much they manage to accomplish, like, character psychology-wise and mm. story-wise. It's just a... Re- it's by the lady who wrote Michiko and Hatchin. Well, there you go. Like, that,
2: yeah. that show is really, really good. Yeah, oh.
0: it's... It's It It has, like, a pedigree to it, and mm. I really dig how it handles the romance. I think it's really smart and sweet and feels nice.
2: Was Red about to have a dissenting opinion about Michiko and Hodgkin?
1: No, I was just surprised, like, an author, you know, that I oh, have okay. Okay. been acquainted with. Uh, yeah. Does that mean this also isn't going to get a DVD release in America?
0: I'm I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's a, there is a dub in the works. I- Oh, yeah. There is a dub that's out. We've watched it.
2: We watched yeah, it as a kid. So came out. I'm pretty sure it's going to see Blu ray DVD release. Well, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's made. And like, Michiko and kind of Hodgson movie. is on DVD and Blu ray too. And oh. it looks phenomenal oh. on yeah, Blu-ray. I'm obviously thinking
1: of something else then.
2: Yeah. That's um, cool. I forgot about that. You were probably that. thinking about like Denno Coil. Mm-hmm.
1: I think Michiko. Yeah wasn't released for years it wasn't it released for a out.
2: long time and i think sentai filmworks just kind of came in and was like hey there's a bunch of shows here that nobody ever picked up and uh, <laughs> they, Mich- they michiko, read your list
1: of shows that there you go got <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh
2: michiko Tohachin uh was one of the uh ones that they picked up and kind of put out and like the blue it looks so good on blu-ray yeah. holy crap Fuck
1: who yeah. did who did Higurashi Kai? Because that also finally came out after
0: like 10 uh, years. Oh, that's Sentai. so weird.
2: Sentai Filmworks grabbed that as well.
0: Yeah. That, okay. That's such that's a good cool. cartoon. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think we both really like Higurashi. Yeah.
1: Probably. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. Ju- not just you two as well. Yeah,
0: Higurashi's pretty fucking good. Yeah. No, I was saying there might be another thing <laughs> in the near future that makes you realize, oh, wow, oh. these two folks really like Higurashi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> You're just talking about us again. Don't worry. Yeah. Just got to get that auto the fellatio in. Don't worry about it. Yep. <laughs> um, and I chewed through uh, before we get to the real, I'll go to the real meat of my, my week in the next segment. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Mega Man 2 um, without using weapons as much as I could mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. which was really cool because it forced me to actually engage with some of the bosses in ways that I hadn't before. Yeah, Like, I, I like Crash Man is easy, but I never like figured out why he's easy. <clears throat> like, figuring out his cool little thing where he jumps <laughs> when you shoot and whatnot and figuring out how to handle that, yeah, was, that really, it's, and it's like, was really satisfying. It's a
2: motion that feels really good when you do it, too. Like, when you're running toward him, jump and shoot at the same time, and then, like, come back down under him. It's, like, one of those yeah, things I where, like, I like how it feels.
0: Yeah, it's like you're playing chicken with him. It's, yeah. It's kind of fantastic. Um, Yeah, just a shit ton of those bosses that are really fun to take on with um a li- a more limited arsenal like heat man's real fun mm-hmm. um oh heat man's air got man, a fun
2: little pattern too it's just like literally shoot heat man is literally shoot jump over shoot jump over shoot jump over.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes it's there's just enough randomness in most of them like heat man will sometimes stop like he varies where he stops mm-hmm. um, after the teleporting which can fuck you up sometimes because if he gets enough time he'll fling the flames and you gotta dodge those Yeah, and like Uh-oh. air
2: man will fuck you up with rng every time
0: Airman just has patterns that you can't dodge. Uh, I I googled it. Yeah, there are undodgeable patterns that he can throw out. I finally went and googled it and figured out what things in Mega Man 2 are actually just bullshit and what things are dodgeable. And a lot of the things I thought were bullshit were totally manageable. But then some of them, yep, they're just bullshit. Yeah. That was a game that was made in three months, I guess. Yep. Um, But I fucking love that game to pieces. That
2: game's still great. That game's still great.
0: Yeah, um, and then I did something similar with Super Mario Land. Mm-hmm. Um, I beat that game in one life. There it you felt go. Really good. There you go. I've, speed, speed, really, speed run. win. I might try that. I I haven't. They're really doing done like, it, oh. they're
2: doing the twelve hour challenge now, John, where you take uh, over the course of you know like any amount of days you want, where you can stream mm-hmm. yourself uh, over the course of you know you get twelve hours to learn a speed run and then do it. Cool. so that's like another thing that's going on right now you got uh, just uh google 12 hour challenge golden does this i think every six months uh um, badass so to get more people speed running so maybe like you know give that a look try to make that your speed game and it's a short enough game that it's not a yeah. huge investment
0: feels it was real it's fun. breezy I totally almost it what it's breezy as fuck yeah, it took me almost 30 tries, and it still felt great at the end. I still was like, I fucking love this game. Took me thirty. Um, it
2: took me 30 tries to get a Deathless Contra, so... Gotcha. Well, they're basically just as hard. Yeah, they are. Contra's have... easy, so... Oh, yeah, the Contra's just a babby game.
0: <laughs> All those years of you saying that.
2: And then it ends up being, like, the hardest fucking speed game I've ever played. Oh, it's like, God. Jesus Christ. But it's fun, oh, though. I'm getting back to that grind, though. Uh, Like, you know, just say, hey, we're off topic here. My friend Angry Lynx I don't know if he listens or not, but he just, like, this past week got a sub-10 in Contra, so big fucking congrats to him. I also owe that dude uh, a sub-11 time. Uh, He's my Contra-senpai. He's the one that took time out of his own stream when I was talking about maybe starting it, and he was like, no, you can do this. Come on. Like, just jump in and start doing it. Here, let me show you a few tricks, and like, uh, the dude's just super generous. Go give him a follow on Twitch. His name's Lanks.
0: God, that's cool. Yeah. So playing Super Mario Land just that intensively and thoughtfully was something I haven't... I don't really do get that much do that very much with the games. It felt similar to once you seeing Imperishable Night and Perfect Cherry Blossom mm. early, uh, last year. Yeah. Which just felt incredible!
2: That, yeah. No doubt, no doubt.
0: So I think I want to try more, um taking on action games i really love and just and challenging to, yourself
2: in different ways yeah. it's kind of like what after five does with uh he, he does rpgs where he applies various challenges to himself to kind of make things or like he did a a, a persona three like one character run where he could only be the main <laughs> character and it was it was oh. re- it was a doozy
0: Oh, all those
2: instant deaths. Oh it was, it was a doozy of a run, but he finished it. he finished it.
3: No. God damn. but
2: yeah, I like the idea of playing back again through game because like that's what we did when we were kids. like when you play mm-hmm. a game and beat it, like I've already beat Mega Man. like how do I make this you know, fun again is like oh, I'll just do buster only
0: <laughs> mm mm-hmm. God, good ass video games, yeah, and I that like led it. me yeah,
2: I like good ass video games, John. Polly. yeah. What
0: kind of good ass video games have you been playing? What kind of good ass video games have I been playing? Uh, exclusively good ass exclusively... video games. Polly, don't tell me about anything other than the goodest assiest video games. All right. Well, uh, Rhett, what have you been hey. up to? <laughs> uh, right. you don't have, it doesn't have to be the goodest assiest video games. Okay. Video games. What um, culture have you been digging well, into? even though we've been
2: kind of, you know, banging our heads against this visual novel, I did find time to kind of pick up a game uh, to start playing that I've been real curious about for a long time. Like, everybody talks pretty positively about it, especially people whose opinions that I often, you know, listen to and regard uh, pretty well. Uh, I played, uh, I didn't play through, I played a large, large, large chunk of Pony Island. Um, this is sort of like a, you know, you died and you're stuck in a computer and you have to play a video game for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it makes more sense at the end. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really care
1: after <laughs> that point. It's an uh, arcade cabinet possessed by the devil. Yeah,
2: you're you're like you're having this one-on-one battle with Satan, and he keeps reprogramming this little, just simple runner game that you keep playing over and over. Um, and to counteract that you have to hack the system and like these are like little programming challenges where like, like the, the you can't use the start button when you first turn the game on it's just blocked out so you have to go into the options screen and you have to break the options screen to find like a little thing to click into to get into the game's programming to fix the start button and to do that they show you like these kind of mock lines of code and it shows Like, you know, and it shows you the progression of the arrow moving and the program working. And, like, there are certain blocks you can take out and exchange with one another where it's like, okay, this will move the program down. Or this will move it one column over. Or if you put this purple one here and this purple one here, it'll be like a teleporter. So um, they start working with that and, like, making you kind of, like, fix the system and give yourself extra powers in the pony game and like oh like I've got a big pony laser now and it's awesome like like just destroy everything, um, and um it kind of like does a bad job of like making these things work together. And I feel like the game has all of its personality in the first fifteen twenty minutes, and then it's just yeah, kinda, and then it's just kind of <laughs> like eh, it's kind of old now. Like there's not like I don't really feel like there are any stakes in this like at all. Because it's it's just I just feel like I'm I'm playing decent little like you know programming challenges to like then play a not really good runner game, and the runner game gets kind of annoying where I got to I got to I think. Um, <clears throat> the area before the final area and it's like just like rainbows and butterflies and it's the first time the game's played in color and stuff like that and like the puzzles are super fun uh Mm -hmm. because you have to do these little butterfly challenges where you have to like duplicate butterflies and like make them press switches
1: (laughs) and shit it's real fun i loved that part (laughs) yeah those are like the programming challenges but reskinned with butterflies yeah yeah (laughs) it's silly it's
2: real silly, but it's real fun. And, and, you know, it kept it fresh. Like, I, I think it, yeah. it kept that part of the game fresh. And then, like, the the pony part starts, like, it's it's just more of the same, but then they start adding things that you're not allowed to shoot. And, yeah,
1: there's stuff that's, like, if you shoot these, you restart the entire thing, and it's just like, uh Yeah, no. and, like,
2: all of the patterns are set up to where it's real fucking easy to accidentally shoot one of the things you're not supposed to because your your laser is yeah. so big. So it's just, like, I got to a point where it was just like, I'm not having fun with this anymore. Like, I don't want to play this dumb pony. Like, you're not convincing me. I'm not at all invested in the narrative mm-hmm. you're trying to set up because it's just, like, it's not interesting. And I feel it's been, da- like, the, quote, ghost in the machine thing has been done elsewhere way better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was kind of just unfortunate. Like, I put about
1: five hours into it. And,
0: five hours?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think your Steam stat said three because it's, like, a three-hour game. Is it? It's,
0: well, it's, whatever. I you were, you were
1: very close to the
0: end. So That's still really, really long for yeah, what this game like, sounds like.
1: It really is kind of like a neat Flash game that got stretched out, like, much, much longer yeah. than it needs to yeah. be.
0: Okay. Did Wait, did you play this,
1: Rhett? So I actually played this in December, like right before we did our last normal podcast. And I was like, Uh oh, I've got a lot of things to talk about. Do I talk about Pony Island or Helen's Mysterious Castle? And (laughs) oh, oh, weird. Guess
2: what one? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm only talking about Pony Island because it's the only game that I actually (laughs) played. Okay. like like, this is this is it for me in my segment. Like, this is all I got. It is the Red and John show after this. Um, but I was just like, I don't know, like, hearing so many people, like, praise this game up and know. fucking down. And it was just like, these people are, like, almost always right here. Like, I never disagree with these people, but it's just like, guys, like, this isn't... I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's not terrible at all. It's just like... I feel like all of the good stuff is, like, right in the first 10 to 15 minutes when you're playing around with the OS and, like, actually yeah. interacting with Satan. And it's not just like, oh, look, more excuses to play the the dumb pony running <laughs> the game. The pony
1: game. Good. I know. It feels <laughs> like like the two main gameplay things are the programming challenges and the pony stuff. And it feels like those are, like, not as emphasized at the start compared to like the unique stuff like the programming or like the os stuff yeah like like there's a lot of that up front and then it really kind of tapers off Yeah, all of
2: that tapers off and then like yeah it's just man that's a bummer i'm really kind of bummed out like lumo i wanted lumo to like finish strong (laughs) because i loved what that game was doing and then it
0: just kind of shit itself Bummer. But yeah. So, so, so Red, right, you did finish it, and it's still been like sticking in your brain.
1: I kind of don't remember how it
0: ends. Oh no! All and then right. there's,
1: there's like a secret ending if you get all the things and like I don't know all the twenty four tickets, they, something like that. They try, and then there's like a they try to Undertale the ending. And it's just like no, don't save the devil.
2: What? Oh, jeez. Yeah, this sounds. I, uh, sound, like I hate saying stuff like this, because it sounds <laughs> asshole but man, that sounds so
0: try-hardy. Um, there's a thing at the bottom of the description that says uh, in the Steam page, it says um, Oh, does it really say this? Um, I think, here, I, ju- I thought I just saw it. I'm trying to find it again. I think it said This is Game is about as indie as it gets.
2: <laughs> oh. This is like what people think indie games yep. are when you say indie game. Mm-hmm. You
0: were dead the whole time. Yeah, they literally self describe it on the thing as this game is about as indie as it gets. Ugh, get out of here. Uh, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And knowing that it's fucking like three or four hours long, like, no. It doesn't need be to be economical. That long. Yeah. Tell your story with what you need to, do like, to tell.
2: Like the, and, and, like, the Pony game and the programming game, like everything, like, everything about this game just feels so divorced from every other element. Like, the programming doesn't really feel connected to anything because you're not playing with the OS enough. The Pony mm-hmm. game isn't really connected to the OS or the programming that much. And, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the OS stuff just kind of disappears after 15 minutes.
1: You know, I did. I did just remember one thing towards the end that I actually thought was really good. What's that? Yeah. Did Did you get to Pony Three D? No. There's a part at the very end where you play the pony game in first person, and it's real stupid.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's like your favorite game in the world, Three D World Runner.
1: Yeah, but it's like super, super, super simple polygons because you can only <laughs> see like there's a fence in front of you. Jump God. like it's silly because mm. that. You play, like, alternate versions of the pony game and one of them is, like, game inside a game inside a game inside a game. It's, yeah. It gets, it gets weird, but, like, again, like, Final Boss is probably Satan or something. Like, I, I did, I beat like, it like, like, uh, the
2: Azazel boss fight was cool where you had to, like, um like, like, it's a programming challenge, but, like, you have to place a piece on the board into the yeah. program and then he has, and then he places one and then you have to, like fuck around with it to make the program work, but he's actively trying to fuck you over. Yeah. That was awesome.
1: I, I um, almost think it could have ended like right there, basically.
2: Yeah, it really could have. I also liked uh, the other boss fight uh, The that I played, Baphomet, I think. No, it wasn't Baphomet. I don't think it was Baphomet. Whatever it was, it was really cool. It, just... it was like the It was like a head, and it shot things at mm-hmm. me, and it was pretty good.
1: I think someone described this game as kind of like, frog fractions but there's no pretense to what it really is yeah i can see that but it's also like frog fractions if that also started repeating gameplay elements a bunch
0: yeah Where yeah if, frog fractions was short yeah
1: what if frog fractions was bad but like frog fractions oh. just does one thing then another thing then another thing like it never revisits ideas It just kind of starts going back to the well way too many times oh it does it like way too soon <laughs> yeah Weird. Like I didn't hate this game. I think I liked it more than Polly did. But yeah, yeah, I don't
2: just... hate it. I just Seeing I don't, it on like
1: like I'm not I gonna think... finish it because I've I
2: feel I've seen yeah, everything yeah. that that game has to offer yeah. and I it doesn't do anything for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But like when well, it showed up on funny. like Jim Sterling's game of the year list, I'm just like fucking what, dude? <laughs> really? I think so. I think yeah. it was in his top yeah, five. He
2: loved that game.
0: <clears throat> Weird. Sometimes games resonate with people and it's confusing. Yeah yeah
1: like... <laughs> oh speaking of that yeah I don't know just you and Saga
0: basically Yeah.
1: or well... Sonic Adventure Sonic Adventure Sonic Adventure Sonic Adventure
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh...
1: Rhett what have you been yeah, up to
2: yeah what have you been up to
1: Uh, you want know to talk about Castlevania
0: first Sure. Mix Speaking it of up. games. All right, we'll mix it up.
2: John, talk about 8,000
0: Castlevania games. Yeah, I'll get, I, I have them split up into three segments of two games apiece. Yeah, okay, so that's why you're going first. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I played, so, you know, like a year and a half ago when I was really <laughs> sad uh-huh. and I booted up Castlevania Adventure uh-huh. and played it obsessively for like a week and a half? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um so for some reason like about 2 weeks ago or like a week and a half ago I felt compelled to revisit Castlevania Adventure and I loaded it up and played it obsessively for a while kind of in conjunction with Super Mario Land.
2: That game's really
0: slow. You know, if you want Super Mario Land to feel fucking amazing, just alternate playing it with Castlevania Adventure <laughs> and suddenly Super Mario Land feels like plays like a fucking dream. You're not. I can totally see that. <laughs> oh my god, I loaded up Super Mario Land and it was like, oh, this game, it just, I feel so good. Oh, it's just so fast. Look at me, I'm just blazing through this. Oh, I love, oh, it. I love it. I love it.
2: You can't, like, legally, you're not even allowed to call, like, playing through Castlevania the Adventure fast a speedrun. You're actually legally not allowed <laughs> to call it that.
0: I linked like I linked y'all like I, um, a a tool video. assisted speed run. And
2: it's still of this eighteen game. minutes
0: And it was eighteen minutes long and it's like that doesn't feel much shorter than the regular game. <laughs> it's only four stages. Yeah. And I watched it and it was really slow and I was like, whoa. So Castlevania Adventure is really slow, but it's also really tense and good. And fun. Um, and I like it a
2: lot. I don't agree with any of those other <laughs> adjectives that you said.
0: Alternately, okay.
1: like you said playing Castlevania then Mario Land will make Mario Land feel super good. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I had both those games on my Game Boy. And alternately, if you play Super Mario Land and then Castlevania the Adventure, you're just like, what the fuck? This is awful. <laughs> This is the worst feeling game, like,
0: literally ever. It feels terrible. Okay, I feel like we had this conversation a year and a half ago. I'm I'm just
1: not sure if I ever actually got to the second level in that game. I hated it so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's so good though! Alright, okay. That third level, where you're getting chased by the... um chased by the fucking walls for, like, five minutes. That's, like, the only that, cool thing, and even then, it's way too long! It's, yeah. Yes. If it had, if it let you continue from, um, if it, let, if it put multiple continue points in the middle of the level, like, um, like, uh, Castlevania like Adventure 2 does on the Game Boy, then it would be a lot more palatable. That's why I say, maybe play this game with some tactful save state usage, because... <laughs> Cause it, it's not, it's not great in that respect, um, but yeah, that part's real cool, and the and the last level's really tense too, and the music is just really fucking good throughout. Well, I mean, the
2: music is good because that's Konami. That's what Konami do, dog.
0: I'm just saying, I really like the atmosphere, and I really like what Castlevania Adventure is cooking. I like, I like the cut of its jib. It makes me feel good when I'm playing it, and I'm like, "Hey, I like your game." You're I'm gonna cool. give
2: uh, I'm gonna give John a pat on the back for the tweet that he just linked. That is his own, by the way. I mean, autofilatio is kind of a thing. Here you can read it. Autofilatio is kind of a thing we're into as of late, as you've heard. Of course, at the start of the episode, work mm. is hard to show your loved ones you care about them as Castlevania Adventure works to draw more than one sprite on screen at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty. You want to make someone feel loved. That's how you do it. With
1: mm-hmm. Castlevania: The Adventure. No,
2: just show them like like it's almost fucking like. I wonder what's slower, Castlevania: Adventure or Contra Force? Because both of those games suffer this very very big problem of there is one extra thing on the screen and oh my god, my frame rate shit its pants. What about Gradius Three on the SNES? That's intentional. No, that's
1: it's there's some intentional, it, and then it's there is unt-
2: a lot of it. Like the Gradius series, actually, even in the arcade cabinets, has a lot of intentional slowdown.
1: I swear, that's a game that still slows down when like the initial enemies come out. It's just like oh, too much. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> doubt that there's some of that.
2: But also, I believe there is a code to turn off the assistance like that in that game, and I think a lot of that game slow down actually does disappear.
1: That's insane. That's strange. I know. The, um, I know the, the G-
2: Gradius three and four. Um, uh, I have the PS two version of that, and it has those options where it is literally just like a dip switch that's like slow down on, uh, slow down off.
0: And it I makes mean, it I way do... harder when the slowdown's off. Oh, yeah. God,
2: it's a fucking nightmare. Gotcha.
1: I mean, I definitely think that's in there for the arcade version of Greedy's 3, but I just don't know about the SNES because SNES in general. Well, like I said, I am slowdown. almost
2: sure that the arcade, well, <laughs> uh, the, that, that the, the super hard code for that game turns off the slowdown. I would have to check later, but I am not a fact checker. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, Castlevania Adventure chugs a little bit. It, it's not so much that it feels slow to me. It feels like it just starts feeling, like, unstable. Like, the world is com- coming apart at the seams mm. the second it has to process more than a few things at a time. Yeah. Um, Just the regular-ass walking speed feels pretty ingrained in the game itself. It stays... Uh, enough enemies are coming at you that it feel, that it doesn't feel like fucking Blazon or whatever, where there's just a bunch of... 45 nothing.
2: seconds of nothing!
0: Yeah, it feels, like, crafted and designed and intentional. Right. Um, and there's a there's a patch that I think that speeds up the walking speed in Castlevania Adventure, mm-hmm. and it just fucking butchers the game because now, like, that really tense, cool chase in level 3 is, like, now just completely easy. trivial. Yeah. So, fuck that. Um, game's cool. Game has a lot of neat set pieces, like when you're, walking on a bridge and there's eyeball eyeballs rolling at you like, um, barrels and donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. But if you strike the eyeballs with your whip, they blow up and blow a little hole in the bridge that you'd have to jump over. Oh, but if you blow them up behind you, then other eyeball, another eyeball might roll into the hole and just little things like that where it's just like, Oh, this is like a set piece. This is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's full of beats like that. And I really appreciate it.
3: Gotcha.
0: Um, and if you want evidence that other people in the world fucking love Castlevania Adventure, even though it's a bad game, um, play Castlevania Two Belmont's Revenge, which is, like, a fucking rad game, I think, is kind of undeniable, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Castlevania Two Belmont's Revenge, like, takes, like, every single piece of Castlevania Adventure and expands on it and makes, like, little set pieces from Castlevania Adventure into kind of grander through lines through whole levels. Like, yeah. the eyeball bridge thing becomes, like, a whole level, basically.
2: Yeah, it's a really um, cool idea.
0: Yeah. And also, it feels slick as slick as hell. Yeah. It feels great. Moves great. Um, does not feel like it's falling apart every two seconds. No. <laughs> um, they do the cool thing where they have, like, a second, a room before the boss where they play, like, a creepy song building up to it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it got this hard as hell, uh, and the di- and the difficulty is actually really well put together. Just basically through the vast majority of it up until probably um, the Belmont fight, which is really hard. Yeah, it's kind of a bullshit fight. It's kind of bullshit. I I I'm at a point where like I can I, you can do it consistently. Like there's a way to figure out that pattern. Like you can way set more it than a, up. Yeah. Yeah, more than. It's less bullshit to me than the one in Castlevania 3. Oh
2: God, what garbage that was!
0: Yeah, like that's just boring bullshit. Like trying to figure, like what even once you get into the pattern in um, Belmont's Revenge, there's still like an element of kineticism to it, where like he'll either jump or he'll go the the high jump route or the low route, and you have time to react. Yeah. Um, it's just that getting to that point where you can really feel out the fight and Mm -hmm. it suddenly feels really fucking good, um, takes like, you know, 30 or 40 tries and you have to retry the, and you have to continue from a chunk of the level every three times you die and you have to watch this cutscene before it every time. So without save states, it's kind of impractical and mean. Um, (laughs) but I'm, I'm good at it now, so I still, I enjoy it. Uh, and then the Drac fight is dumb because you just, like, memorize where yeah. to stand. Um, really, really, I feel like the climax to that game is the fight with the Belmont and then the Dracula fight is just an epilogue, basically. Mm. Um, so I, I fucking love Belmont's Revenge. I fucking love Castlevania Adventure. I think they complement each other really well because mm-hmm. Castlevania Adventure is a lot punchier because it doesn't have every, one, have all those little set pieces drag out into, not drag out, but Expand into full levels, and they're just kind of these one and done neat ideas, and then they move on to exploring something new. Mm. Um, Belmont's Revenge is a lot fuller and longer. Um, I, they kind of feel like two halves to a whole for me. I really appreciate both of them. It's just like Sonic
2: and, Four, Episode One and Two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and don't fucking play Castlevania Legends. That game is garbage. <laughs>
1: wait, 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 wait. There's yeah. a game that's not adventure that you're calling garbage?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The third Castlevania game on the Game Boy is fucking garbage. Oh shit. Wow.
1: I don't like I, I it. I want to look up that up. I want to look up that up now. <laughs> I, bet most, I bet most people love it.
0: It feels like a licensed Game Boy game. Yeah. I think it was made like 8 years later. Yeah.
2: It was like it sort like of the like Contra Force. It was like um like Game Boy Color,
0: wasn't it? It wasn't Game Boy Color, but it was. It felt like a shitty Game Boy Color licensed game. Mm. It was like it was Kmart brand Castlevania. Oh my Ugh. God. Ugh. Yeah, and it's the longest one by far. Mm. It's it's so bad. It's the saga three of Castlevania. Ouch on the Game Boy. Damning words. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, that, those two series, Saga and Castlevania, on the Game Boy, both kind of follow the exact same progression. Yeah, I was the first one that. like is falling apart at the seams and yeah. kind of bad, but also amazing. And then the second one is just a actually good video game. Mm. And then the third one is this trash heap by different developers. Mm. Rat, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, I have been watching a lot of anime. What
0: have you been doing that oh. for? It
1: makes you a weeb. That's what I heard. Well, you know, sometimes, uh, say two weeks ago, things were looking, uh, not great and you just kinda of find yourself You
2: kinda demon- find things. yourself you need know, yeah. to throw yourself in a space where falling I, into uh,
0: old patterns.
2: <laughs> you throw yourself into a world that is not your own, yeah. the one that is crumbling apart around <laughs> you, quite literally. Um and you need to be somewhere
1: yeah. else. <laughs> well, where where did you go, Rhett? Uh so first off John mentioned he finished *Yuri Ice* a while ago. That ended in December, I think. Uh, I finished *Sound Euphonium* season two, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I really, I really, 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 really like that show. And oh, I know nice. I'll, I'll get no one to watch it because it's like so very specifically crafted to, to my taste, basically. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, did you grow up doing like high school band stuff? I'm also, do you like, do you like anime about gay girls? <laughs> It's like, wow, you've put two great tastes together. Also, do you want to cry? And yes, this show is... Like peanut butter and chocolate. This show is kind of emotionally... Not not maybe manipulative, but like... It's a lot of petty high school drama that is milled for all it's worth. Like, Some of the characters are not great. They're kind of shitty to each other. Mm. Well, I mean, that's high schoolers, though. Yeah, it's just a lot of drama and like like season 2 really like literally picks up like the day season 1 ended like it's a very seamless transition mm-hmm. and then the ending of episode 1 just made me cry a whole bunch and then the ending, and then like the end of like the last three episodes all made me cry a bunch too
0: um, <laughs> big big old
1: baby <laughs> and it kind of gets into themes of like these characters, they're practicing, like, so hard for this big band thing that they all want to do. And, like, other characters are like, uh, shouldn't you guys be, like, practicing for college and, like, doing your exams? Like, oh. they're doing all the, like, band that is considered, hard. yeah, band that's, is considered, like, this frivolous thing that they should be giving up on. That's, like, and that's, like, so kind of true
2: to Japanese society,
1: unfortunately. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Uh. And so what? Old, so what message does the show trudge forward with uh, on the, yeah, so, on that though?
1: Yeah, that's what's surprising is that eventually they go for kind of living without regrets. That's like, really impressive because you don't. If this expect is important to you, do it and then don't regret it. That's beautiful, awesome. And then, like the main character's older sister is also kind of finding her own independence, like outside the her parents' shadow, basically. Mm-hmm. Cool. And like all these themes, they do kind of come together in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And then, so the Yuri aspect, though, <laughs> you you don't actually watch this show for the Yuri. I would cause... hope not.
2: I I you know, I kind of hope that's not the only reason that somebody would watch something because it's so fucking <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think just, like, watching a show just because there might be a girl kiss or something, uh-huh. I think mm-hmm. it's a little silly.
0: Yeah. Rhett well, watched this show
2: because he thought girls were going to kiss.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That would have People helped. watch Love helped. Live because they think they're going to kiss, but they can't because that show's made by committee, so it's all fake. Yeah. They're going to tease you about it a lot. But these characters are never gonna end up in any meaningful relationships yeah. and it's always going to be I know. Real shitty and hey, real
0: committee. Hey Rhett, do the girls kiss? No. In fact, one of the girls
1: is very much straight by the end. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so basically there's this pairing that they've been re- like they kinda took what was subtext in the show or in like the original novels. Mm-hmm. And made it really, really prominent in all the marketing. And like the opening and ending has them like connected by the pinky with this red oh. string fate. And then by the end of the show, both those characters make confessions to other characters. And it's just like, well, fucking wow! <laughs> like you, kn- I knew it was coming because I kind of got spoiled on where this went by the end. And like they toned down part of it from oh. the novel. But yeah, so you don't you don't watch the show for the yuri, but then mm-hmm. it's still a very good ending, I think. That's good.
0: Okay. Hey, you know what show where the gays kiss <laughs> and it feels good? <laughs> Never. It is stupid. You probably would not be interested. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so, uh speaking of watching a show entirely cuz it might have yuri in it. Uh oh. I watched Flip Flappers. Oh, hey.
2: I hear a lot about that, and I hear I also think its name is real dumb.
1: Oh, its name is so good. What is the show? Boy, this show is real hard to describe. Uh, Magical Girl Evangelion, maybe. Do what? Did you say Evangelion? (laughs) I don't know how to frig to say that. Uh, The show is super weird. Like, oh my god, I didn't. I kind of didn't prepared this segment like how to talk about this weird thing like some people <laughs> some people were kind of calling this like magical girl fooly cooly as well interesting like, it starts off with like these very one off episodes that are all just very strange like episode three just has them all of a sudden in like a post apocalyptic desert
0: yeah
1: like doing Dragon Ball Z fights oh like crazy it just goes like it's super weird and
0: then like episode five is like what do you mean is it like funny is it meant to be funny yeah like you're not really taking any of it
1: super seriously Mm. but then like episode five is kind of like a horror thing where they're like stuck in a christian school and there's very very implicit yuri overtones like actual lilies everywhere and they're like kissing on the fingers and stuff and like it's it's such a weird show, but, like... Uh, uh, God. Just, it, just, it kind of falls apart at the end, basically. Yeah, this like, show sounds like it confused you quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really liked some of the early episodes, because they were just, like, completely hit or miss, basically. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like, either you like the theme they're going with for this episode, or you don't. Oh, yeah. but basically, But basically, the show is kind of, like increasingly less subtle yuri subtext to when in episode eight it just basically becomes full-on gay oh but then but then right after that it becomes oh the villain is her mom Hmm. and like completely unsubtle like i'm not going to let you grow up and be independent i'm the bad guy like the most literal metaphor ever basically yeah it's a
2: little on the nose to really make much resonance i
1: guess I don't i'll know. protect you from the world my daughter i won't let anybody harm god. you blah, blah. that's oh like god. so cliche yeah and, and then like so overdone some of the backstory revelations are just really really bad god
0: and then the it last depends of- on how they handle that like i'm really down for that kind of just <laughs> shitty overbearing parents theme yeah is good Man, you should I see the, you should
2: see the first season of Nanoha then. Oh, oh boy, does Fate test Rose's mom. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. I think this might be more literal than that. <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. This was like Fate's mom was pretty fucking literal. Well, I mean, that was a whole
1: abuse thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's not very fun to watch. No. They like super emphasize that in the movie too. Oh, like, God. The, the movie version adds, like, a whole extra ten minutes of Fate backstory at good that part. Oh God.
2: Like, no. Like, I don't think the first season of Nanoha is very good.
1: Yeah, but, I think the movie version was better.
2: Uh, Man, like, the abuse stuff is just so, oh, God, this is bad. It's kind of like that some of the Higarashi stuff where the acting is so good that it's just like, oh, this is oh. really fucking killing me right now. Uh, Satoko getting beaten up and it's I was gonna just say, like... It's
1: killing Satoko too. Like, oh my god. Yeah, the oh, wow. Really don't, uh... It's a good thing...
0: Though, I, think, I think that was my favorite arc the first time I watched it. Never mind.
1: <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Flip Flapper is just kind of missed overall, I guess, for me. Yeah. The like, whole some... thing... Yeah, go ahead. There's some really good moments like episode six made me cry a bunch. Because, actually, I just kind of realized that actually kind of does get into some abuse stuff, Ugh. but not with the main, but not with the main characters. Like they're living someone else's ah uh, through their memories, basically. Oh, and that's that, scary. Yeah, it, it was a very creepy episode. Like the show's just literally all over the place. The, mm-hmm. Like
2: this show sounds completely fucking off its yeah. nut.
1: It kind of is. Like it might be panty and stocking of magical girls. Weird. <laughs> and and it, they're super gay by the end, basically. They don't ever kiss, though. So, wow. zero out of ten. Yeah. Boom. Kill
0: it. This The whole thing with Yuri and I, listening to people react to it as it came out, has just kind of got me thinking real hard about how folks talk about, um, basically just queerness in media and just, like, the standards people mm-hmm. have for queerness in media and yeah. how it can get real bullshit. Um, yeah. So... That that's kind of a thing I was thinking about while we we're while we mentioned oh the gays and whatnot yeah it's just yeah. like like that was the thing that was the thing with Yuri on Ice is like oh they kiss and exchange like engagement rings and whatnot but they don't like explicitly say that they wanna get married or they don't boom. yeah
1: it's just kind of like that half that is insane to me though that like kissing wasn't enough like. Uh-huh. You don't get that in this show, so... You
0: don't actually see their lips come together, though? Oh,
1: for God's sakes. So oh, maybe... Oh, so so it's like Pokemon. Oh my I God. Don't I don't get the reference. At the end of the last season, Serena leaned toward Ash and then it cut away. Oh. You mean... You mean, um...
0: Satoshi. you mean Ash and Misty, or... I don't know. No, the girl from X and Y. Oh, okay, I... Uh, sorry red that's too that's too deep into the pokemon fandom for me but i know you're real into that stuff oh, and i'm shot. not really interested wow
2: turn that shit right back around <laughs> i
1: feel i feel very wrecked right you,
2: now you you are yeah dude like
1: brand yourself <laughs> fucking wrecked <laughs> okay so i got a lot of more anime to cover so maybe we should keep you going should keep it going
0: well, so, we could we could intersperse it with Castlevania. I've got a lot of Castlevania. Oh jeez. Um so winter season uh-huh. ends
1: and some shows start airing. So I'm watching KonoSuba season 2 now, which is that fantasy trope thing where everyone is really really shitty to each other in that show. Oh yeah. Talk, yeah. Yeah. And like Boy episode four like this show's just really funny though. This is the one with like frogs eating girls and stuff. Yeah, and, like, I remember you posting pictures wait, what? about that and how horny it made you. <laughs> how have you John, I've to- to- talked about this for like two weeks straight. Oh yeah. The frogs, the frogs eating, eating
0: the girls. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, you linked that. Alright. I you said that and it's like, wait, what like
1: I don't I don't think this show is explicitly intentionally titillating, but like it goes so far that maybe for some weirdos like John it might titillate. But then episode four was just, like, one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen in the show. uh Really?
0: Go and tell me more.
1: Yes. Because there's, there's the blonde girl who, like, gets off on people insulting her. Yeah. All right. And, like, she has a fight with the main character, and he just goes full on asshole. Oh, no. And then, like, sprays her with water to, like, do a wet t-shirt thing. Oh, my Then gosh. casts ice on her to freeze it. Then, like, grabs her by the hand and does uses a drain move on her. Then, like, just insults her a bunch. Oh my god. And then she basically has an orgasm standing up. There you go. <laughs> it's really fucking crazy. I mean, I get it. <laughs> Some people. It's okay,
2: man, because I like the abuse. God. So Some, the, somebody like, will get that. Yeah,
1: somebody. No, I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't get it.
1: That show is just. That show's really fucking weird and dark. Like, in episode three, like, he's in a dungeon with one of the other girls, and he just kind of makes this offhand comment, like, I bet if I killed you and left the body, like, I could blame it on monsters. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) It's super fucking weird.
0: Hey, Rat. Hey, Rat. Yeah? This show sounds really horny. What's the... (laughs) Like, that's not, like... There's good horny, there's responsible horny, and there's bad this is, horny. This is not responsible horny at Yeah, all. that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. But it sounds real horny.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is the one that ended with him, like, the season one was just like, whenever I talk to you, I'm always just staring at your boobs. like Yeah, the full yeah, profession. that's,
0: that's gotcha. real fucking funny. That's pretty explicit, yeah.
1: Yeah, that show's airing again, and I'm really glad it's back, because it's very funny cool so then since i'm watching a show as it's airing i was like oh i should watch more anime as it's airing and then uh-huh. some people kept talking about this show that looked absolutely stupid from the initial trailer Uh-oh.
0: Uh, i was gonna i wonder if you were gonna do, talk about this one this show
1: is called kobayashi san's dragon maid
2: oh man i have friends on my stream list watching this animation is totally oh, oh killing me so it's
1: amazing Oh, boy. Not sure how to describe this show, either. Uh, it's about, like, a Japanese salary woman who, when drunk, went out into the mountains, apparently, and found a dragon and saved it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And now the dragon <laughs> comes back and says, I'm, oh, a life debt to you now. I'm going to be your maid. Also, I'm a human girl now. Also, I'm horny for you. Also, I'm super, super, super gay. Ah, this is the best show ever! So, like, I said it as a joke, like, oh, wait, she's also gay? Okay, I'm picked up. Yeah, in the first episode, she's like, "I love you, Kobayashi." Yeah, whatever. No, I mean sexually. Whoa! (laughs) And like, I don't think it's ever going to be reciprocated in any way. No, this doesn't really seem like not.
2: That's what I'm getting from people here. Yeah, like there are a lot of people on my timeline that post gifts from this show and like are talking about it a lot. And it it admittedly does look a good bit of fun. Yeah.
0: So here's like um, kind of like a. C- 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 the ass show, the ass what? sports anime last year. Oh Never. geez. This oh is not... god. <laughs> just like one of those things where you suddenly see all these gifts, and it's like this is really fucking funny. This may be actually
1: gift. incredible.
0: Yeah. Like when yep. they have the gate, the Fate Zero gate of Bootyland with yeah with the archer butts coming out of portals behind her. <laughs> was
1: that actually from the show or just an? Edit? Yes,
0: I think that was from the show really oh man oh
1: my god okay but this isn't horny like that was no yeah so the funny thing about this show though is that it kind of snuck up on me Uh uh-huh this show's like kind of actually about like lesbian mothers (laughs) there you go episode one she she gets the dragon maid who Mm -hmm. wants to be with her in a sexual manner. Mm-hmm. But then yes. in episode two, they get another little dragon girl as like oh, a daughter. As a daughter, yeah. Who moves in with them. And the daughter is very cute. Very fucking very, adorable. Very, very cute. Yeah, and then in episode three, they move to a bigger apartment. And then in episode four, is about the little dragon girl wanting to go to elementary school. And it's just oh. like, wait a, wait a minute. When did this when happen? Did, when did this become about parents? Like, what Like, the hell? that's really funny. Fucking cool though. It's really <laughs> subtle. It snuck up like, on me. <laughs> it might
2: be subtle and it might sneak up on you, but like if they can throughline this well
1: and nail the yeah. landing,
2: like I think that would be a really sweet thing to be out
1: there. Yeah, the show's <laughs> pretty sweet and charming, and like a lot of the humor is just derived from them being mystified by human society. Like yeah. there are jokes. Like a lot of anime is just like oh, it's anime girls, but they're blank, and then they never actually do anything with that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, this does feel like they know they're outsiders and this kind of confused by human society. Or, like, she's afraid to go into the big apartment store because it reminds her of a castle. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cute. one time they see a seesaw, and they're like, oh, that's a catapult for training.
3: <laughs> like wow. they're, very,
1: they're very naive on how things work, basically. But that, that's, like, the charm. Yeah. That's really cool. And so, yeah, I kind of went into the show expecting to hate it. And then I was like, oh, this is this is fine. This Not is bad. cute. Yeah. 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 And it's by Kyoto Animation. Yeah. You know? So like the animation is top fucking notch. And then every once in a while they will have one sec segment that is just insanely well animated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they can go all out in a way other studios just can't seem yeah, to. I have seen. Ni-
0: they do Nietzsche, Joe. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, cool. Joe was like the epitome of the show looks super basic 90% of the time, but then every once in a while, There's it, a thing. it goes it goes nuts. Yeah,
2: when I look at the GIFs of this show, and it's just like, the amount of detail
1: you see in some of these animations is ridiculous. Yeah, they also did Sound Euphonium, which is closer in style to like the haruhi movie where it's just super super detailed shots and like mm. a lot of lighting effects that haruhi movie looks real fucking good i mean sound euphonium also looks real good there's like a big eight minute there's a like there's an, an eight, eight minute, minute perform- long yeah it's so good like that's I was um, so like in love with that scene that's on netflix now isn't it I have no idea, actually. I thought you used Netflix, so I wasn't sure. No, that was Your Lie in April, which is the other... Oh, right, 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 right. ...music about anime that'll make you cry a bunch. Gotcha, (laughs) gotcha.
2: It's it's only February, so I can't watch it. Yeah.
1: Oh, jeez.
2: Yeah! Uh,
1: so... (laughs) So moving... Oh, actually, that reminds me. Sound Euphonium title drops at the very end in a really clever way. Like, title card...
0: Truly, so, like, the real sound euphonium was the friends we made along the way. They explain what that title is.
1: Oh. Like, very similarly to your line, April. Like, sound euphonium is a literal thing in the show. I gotcha. It, it just. It snuck up on me. I'm just like, wow. So, like, that's the end of the story. Like, the ma- manga ended at that point. Mm, cool. Uh, awesome. so, so, watching live anime as it airs, I was like, boy, you know, I. Things are down. I'm I'm just not satisfied with two shows, so I started watching a third show. Good uh-huh. God! What are we gonna do with you? <laughs> so I watched the show because one of the girls looked cute, uh-huh. and then I knew I knew literally nothing else about it. Oh my God! So the show is called Gabriel Drop, or Gabriel Drop Out. I've screwed up there. Rat uh,
0: likes girls. Rat likes okay. girls. What a weirdo! Okay. So, anyways.
1: <laughs> The show is about a girl from heaven who's an angel, and she's, like, super, super top of her class, like, the most perfect angel in all of heaven. Mm -hmm. So she graduates and goes to the human realm as, like, kind of the the final exam. Mm -hmm. And then she has an apartment, and then she's living there, and then immediately just becomes a shitty, horrible person. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she tries to drop out of school basically but then because the show has to progress she keeps getting dragged to school but like she immediately becomes jaded and cynical about human society and like uh do there have to be so many humans they're freaking everywhere i that's a screenshot i saw and i thought you know what she's not wrong yeah so like her best friend is also a demon from hell and then there's other, two other characters that are also a demon and an angel. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the overall joke of the show is that the angels are the shitty characters. And, like, and, the, demon, the, yeah. and the demons are actually nice people. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so, like... Basically, where, uh... The Dragon Show is, like... They're naive about human society and, like, kind of looking at it wide-eyed and wondered. This show is just, like, super cynical. And, Very like, nihilistic,
0: like, it sounds. Yeah. Like, That's kind of like dogma.
1: It's yeah. like, do, do you want to go to the beach? No, I hate it. You've never been to the beach. I hate it anyways. I, hate
3: it anyways.
1: <laughs> I can. It like, sounds like this is a show I can relate to. Yeah. So this this show just totally snuck up on me. It's, it's really funny. Like, li- i I'd put it like not quite as funny as Konosuba, but mm. like up there. It's like, oh, this show is like actually making me laugh out loud, and I just kind of started watching it apropos nothing like oh, that's I, really surprising because gotcha. most most anime comedies are terrible yeah they're they're not very funny at all because most of them are like slice of life and it's kind of a comedy mm-hmm. but because it's because it's not a drama basically and this is like no it's full-on comedy like trying to make you laugh and like these characters are also like insanely awful to each other <laughs> specifically the, the one of the demon girls satiana is kind of carrying the whole show right now mm-hmm. Because the majority of the jokes of the other characters being awful to her. <laughs> wow. Like, they did a beach episode, and they buried her in the sand, which is like kind of the common yeah, that's thing you do at the beach. Yeah. But then they had a dog walk up next to her, and then they started spraying water on her face to make her think it was peeing on her. <laughs> And then they blindfolded one of the other girls and were like, okay, go hit the watermelon. Except it wasn't a watermelon, it was Satya on his head. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, super fucking dark, basically. Wow. So that show's really funny. Cool. Yeah. And then one more. I was oh like, keep this. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so one more. You got more. some video games after this, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, so, so we're, we're all still dividing it up. Nicely. One more. Is that- go for it. I was like,
1: well, fuck it. I'll just watch everything this season. So I picked up a show called Interviews with Monster Girls. Wow. Well, oh, this looks adorable. So this show is not the horny that uh, Monster Musume is. Oh. Yeah. Well, this show, just
2: disappointing,
1: isn't it? And it's no, also no, not it's... it's not Monster Girls in the same style, where in this show it's like a vampire, a snow woman, a succubus, and a Dullahan. Right. So like three out of four look totally normal humans. And then there's the one girl who doesn't have a head and she carries it around with her, (laughs) which is a bit of a jump. That's pretty good. (laughs) But uh, I only watched like one and a half episodes for the show because even though it's trying to be like super sweet, it just kind of creeped me out. Because the main character is the teacher at the school and he's like super fascinated with interviewing these girls. Mm -hmm. And it's just Mm -hmm. like. Oh, this this is kind of creepy. Maybe guy, a little, too, maybe a little too leery. He's like super fascinated with like what they are, and it's just like they go into like this history of how like oh, demi humans used to be persecuted in the past, but now we realize you can just live among them fine, and it's like and then you have like, this guy that like yeah. is treating them in a very
2: you know like it's yeah, not really persecution, but it's still very like. Uh, uh, fetishizing their very existence yeah. and that's real shitty
1: yeah it just I don't want to write this off too much but like didn't grab me at the start I was just kind of like this is just kind of boring after episode one Yeah, and then and then in episode two I'm just like oh this is kind of creepy too Like, and it's not even trying to be but it's just like the dull hand girl is basically like oh I like it when people hold my head for me mm-hmm. and he like he embraces the head and like gives her a hug Oh, and it's just like Oh this is so creepy when you also remember she's a high school girl and yeah. he's a teacher.
0: Does he sound, does he remind you of Sheenra's dad, Darara? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not quite that crazy. Okay. I don't know. Like I kind of kept thinking about this show is like, what if it wasn't monster girls? What if it was just like gay people? Yeah, gay people are super mysterious to this guy or like, you know, what other oddities? Just yeah. Okay. A fair like Oh, or hey, la- or you know, hey, like the
2: fair comparison that gets thrown out a lot. Like, what if it's trans people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like trans people get fetishized a lot,
1: and it's mm-hmm. real gross. Yeah. Like, what I mean, if that's this? That's basically what. That is what like.
2: kind. Of, this is this is what that reminds me of a lot.
1: Yeah. Or if you're just like, oh, I had no idea there was a trans student in the school. Exactly. I want to interview. I him. want to find out everything about this person. Yeah. yeah. this is just- yeah, so it's a monster show that, girl show that's creepy for all the wrong reasons. It's basically. not even like
2: the guy's the fucking monster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I think it's playing it intentionally straight, which is disappointing. It's disappointing, yeah. So to speak. Hey Rat, I'm so, probably so gonna sh- watch
0: Monster Musume instead.
1: Oh yeah, that, I think that shows much more your style, where that shows very, very horny and <laughs> about
0: girls
1: and snake girls.
0: I don't I'm not sure I trust your judgment necessarily of my well maybe okay i feel like <laughs> i feel like i've shared enough at this point you probably have a pretty good idea john i think we we kind
1: of know at this right, point cool. it's pretty obvious so yeah i watched yeah. a show about dragon girls angel girls and monster girls <laughs>
0: <Music> <laughs> and band girls
1: and, and music girls and, and music girls and magical, and girls. magical girls hey
0: do you want to watch a show about ice skating
1: boys uh, see, you yeah, lost me with that. See, uh, yeah, I
2: think that's a little outside of Rhett's wheelhouse. I mean, I think there's some, like, I think it's kind of like, almost there, but there's something just, there's something, something missing. missing. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I mean, the, I, I do
0: yeah, I do watch Carboys. There you the, go. Carboys is good. Yeah. You know what? Basically, the McElroy's and Yuri on Ice ca- are, have been my touchstones for like, hey, Boys are good. Boys can be good. Because girls are, like, so obviously good. Yeah. You don't really, like, think about it as much. Mm-hmm. Boys, you have to, like, remind yourself, oh, yeah, boys can be good. Mm-hmm. And then thank thank goodness for, like, Carboys and McElroy's and you Yuri nice for being there for, there for me to be there. So like, face. is hey.
2: that all your goddamn anime? That's all my goddamn anime. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs>
1: I'll give you a list later so you can... So I do can yeah so website. I can
2: so I can do the site and so I can obviously watch them all. And then, here's a second copy in case the first copy goes yeah, in the trash. Yeah, in case the first <laughs> copy gets burnt. <laughs> so now for the anime train. John, take us on another oh, it's the Castlevania train. Oh. Um, okay. so
0: on the invisible edited away um break we took just to part the curtain a bit. Mm-hmm. Um I asked Anna if I should talk about one other thing. I've been up, to, we've been up to, mm-hmm. um, and I was asking if it would be of interest to the podcasting audience, and she said, uh, definitely, John. You need to go for it. Okay. Because I was suspicious. I thought maybe y'all just wanted to hear me talk about Castlevania all night. And <laughs> I know oh,
2: I was, I, you know, I was just so jazzed, you know? Can't help myself. <laughs> so we talked
0: about gay boys, right? Yeah, we talked about gay boys. We talked about gay girls. Y- yeah. How do y'all feel about straight people i'm
2: okay with straight people
0: i know i know a few of them they're pretty okay to me okay what if what if there was a show where there was just all of the straight people energy just like condensed into like i know where it's most concentrated purest form imaginable i I know oh
2: i know where you're going with this and i hate it (laughs) i know what john's going with it's kind of
1: John is going to talk about Snow White with red hair.
0: <laughs> that show's good. I'm enjoying it. We can talk more about that. That's a nice. That's another. That's a nice straight people show, actually. Mm. <laughs> um. So I listened to a bunch of Rose Buddies over the last two weeks. That, I knew where this was going. Yeah. Um. It's Griffin and Rachel McElroy talking about the Bachelor series of reality TV show products. Sam, um, like I really,
2: just, I just can't care. <laughs>
0: They are, um, they're really cute together, by the way. They remind me a lot of John and Anna, uh, John and Anna. <laughs> my favorite ship, Wow, favorite. my favorite couple! <laughs> About my favorite couple. Um, where Griffin will, like, make a joke, and then it's bad, and then she doesn't laugh, and then just moves on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Or like he'll be making an obnoxious noise, and then she'll be going shh 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 sh, shh sh, shh shh please
3: just stop <laughs>
0: no, and it's really good. It's like you kind of imagine like the big personalities like Griffin McRoy or something like that in media. Yeah, and then you're like, well, what would actually living with a person like that be like in extent? and you get a little bit of that just kind of actual dyna- kind of human dynamic. Yeah. Just from, from really absorbing cheap. that. Yeah. Um, that's really enjoyable. And it's in the context of listening to them talk about a series of reality TV shows. I had never given like the slightest thought in my entire life before, mm-hmm. just completely ignored. Um, we haven't had cable for like 10 years in our, any of our homes. Nice. Yeah. feels good. um, so I listened to, like, a whole season of them talking about The Bachelor, and I, like, got invested into listening to them talk describe the characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, who I guess are humans, but, you know, they're characters. They could be. Um, I like.
1: I liked when you described the show as a product.
0: Well, it's, it's like...
1: what it is. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that's
0: so perfect. Um... It's exactly like pro wrestling, basically. You know, where you get invested into the oh god production of it. I can't
2: even. I don't even want to talk about pro wrestling right now because people. I ended up talking in our Discord channel, unfortunately, mm-hmm. about wrestling a bit and was like, I, and then I ended up saying like, oh hey, I like that guy. He's kind of cool. And then I ended up actually watching a few wrestling matches and I feel fucking dirty. Uh,
3: oh no. Yeah. Uh, I'm staying away
2: from. That. I'm staying away from that shit. I was like, no, I know what you fuckers are trying to do.
0: I don't understand the context of any of that, but it, I'm sure it's nasty. I, I don't know anything about wrestling, um, except what I've absorbed through It's real fucking dumb, I'll tell you that. Okay, so is this. Um, so then I brought it up to Anna, and then I was like, hey Anna, have you ever, done, have you ever looked at this show I've heard about from this podcast that I'm listening to? Um about the show I've never seen. And she was like, Oh yeah, I used to watch that all the time with my grandma. We would watch it and enjoy it together. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't mind watching it again, you know, if you want it. Um So then we did, and we caught up with the latest season. Um and then we watched it live a couple nights at my folks' house. Mm-hmm. Um it's real dumb. It's real fun. It's a lot of it's the the premise of the show is that there's a is there is a dude. And he's handsome, and then there's like thirty women that are brought into this one mansion, and then all of them date him at once. See, VH1 did this,
2: but it was called The Flavor of Love, and it was was like everybody trying to date Flavor Flav, and that's way more (laughs) fucking entertaining than boring people.
0: Um, They once they were during the off season, where it's not showing The Bachelor, they talk about like one episode for other reality TV shows, and they did one on Flavor of Love and hated it. Um, like basically, it sounds like of all of these families of shows, The Bachelor sounds like kind of the classiest one, maybe, but I
2: still like just feel like everything about those shows and the people that participate mm-hmm. are so gross and two faced and awful,
0: yeah, but yeah, you know the Bachel- think- it seems like <laughs> listening to them talk about all these other shows that are kind of in the same ilk mm-hmm. um seems like The Bachelor kind of gives into that stuff the least, I guess. Among at least in comparison to fucking Flavor of Love or whatnot. Well, Flavor of Love,
2: I didn't watch it. I just know that it existed, yeah. and I think that it was real stupid. But I think Flavor Flav is a fun personality because he's yeah. he's you know crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. So we watched. We we are caught up, and then yeah, every week. A bunch. Some women are eliminated, and he sends them home until eventually there's only like four women left, mm-hmm. and and then he narrows it down even further until it's just two, and then he proposes to one of them in the very end. I do, mm. basically every time, and then like twice in the show's like thirty seasons, they've they've gotten married and stayed together. <laughs> so you know, love is real. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, the whole arc of the show is just having a bunch of dates with a bunch of different women. And people, and then just... just sounds so boring. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, they can... They have, like, these things that, like, make you... Can get you to kind of buy into it a little bit, where they'll, like, share their little life story or something, or, like, have this tender moment and have this really romantic date, and they'll intersperse it with, like, drama between the women and... Stuff like that. And then they'll have like really silly big group dates. Mm-hmm. Like one where they all stayed over at a haunted house. Which was super produced. Like they had like traps set and whatnot. Oh my God. Uh, it was really goofy and fun. Um, so it's it's a weird mixture. And it's been interesting. And mostly it's, it's fun listening to um, the McElroy commentary on it. And then having the context too. And it makes for very low-intensity TV viewing also. But mostly it's just Anne and I getting, just buying into it completely. Oh, my God. we yeah, just kind of have know. that available. I can see like, that working. It's just like, no, no, send her home, send her home. Come on, you know she's no good for you. Pat! You know she's no good for you, Nick. Come on, Nick. And then we'll be like, we'll have to pause the show and be like, this is a battle for his soul. He needs to, because there'll be like a villain girl who's just terrible, but. The, but stays on anyway and all the, and creates a bunch of conflict mm-hmm. and you just have to, and then the show like gets your real and inv- real invested and real invested and mm-hmm. just rooting against certain characters before other characters. So we got our, we got our real person ships going on because right. that is the nature of the show. And it's this really weird thing. Cause it's kind of like, not what's the word um, going against Some, like, it's almost going against, like, societal values where they have the guy dating a bunch of people at once. But then it's completely giving in to, like, the biggest, like, street people shit Mm -hmm. also. It's a really just kind of fascinating. And we're probably going to fall off it after this season. But it's been an interesting journey culturally. Mm -hmm. Like, today I actually saw, like, a tabloid at the Publix and... Apparently Publixes aren't everywhere. Is that true? They're not everywhere.
1: Yeah, I Weird. don't have any here.
0: They are the best grocery store. I'm just saying. So you no, know. hmm. they only—I guess they're only in Florida. So y'all are deprived. Uh, and I saw like a tabloid, and it was a little thing about The Bachelor in the corner. I was like, it was like the producers decide Nick's final pick, and then I was like, what? And opened it up, and was like, oh, oh no. Gee, you mean this whole fake reality TV show was staged the <laughs>
2: whole time? Fake. Huh? Whoa fucking like, weird
0: he was afraid of getting his heart broken again john guess what this, santa claus uh, isn't real because you know what the season the um the the bachelor on this season mm-hmm. um has been on three other seasons of the show twice on the bachelorette boy times sounds he sounds like a real fucking winner <laughs> he got to the he got to the final two both times proposed to the girl and got rejected twice in two years so his whole thing is like. So it's like Ash I, trying to win uh, the the winner of the Pokemon <laughs> League. Well, that's the idea. Is like, is he gonna get to like the end of the Bachelor and have just get turned down flat? Is he gonna have his heart broken again? Now everybody's
2: just gonna like date him to meme him at the end and just be like, no, be like, nah. So is that the Bachelor?
0: Yes. Can so, I just
2: say? And I mean yeah. this I mean this in the nicest way possible and there's <laughs> okay. not and there's not and honestly it's not really nice. This is the most disinterested I've been in a topic anyone has brought to this show <laughs> in 62 plus episodes. Monster Hunter. <laughs> That's pretty goddamn close but the bachelor just fucking ran away with it. Well, I, I love you John. It. I really do. I- but fucking hell I want to shoot myself
0: I just wanted to make sure I just wanted to run that by because it felt it was so different from the usual it's different yes content.
2: it's absolutely different <laughs> but I was also just kind of sitting here listening to you the whole time looking over at a bottle of hot sauce I have on my table wondering uh-huh. what would it be like if I just drank that whole thing right now during this segment and reacted to it <laughs> That would probably be a bit more entertaining. I love you, John. You know I do.
0: <laughs> I mean, Polly. Well, you probably. know, I was also, like, embarrassed. So I thought that I, I kind of didn't want to bring it up because I was embarrassed of watching the trash well, I mean, the show. Well, but then I realized, oh, that's what's going to be funny about it.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's the theme of this episode is just indulging in trash. Indulge in trash. But yeah, Polly, Polly. You asked John if he was going to talk about anime. Yeah, and I think he did because I just kind of realized listening to him describe the show, it's just a reverse harem anime. Yeah,
2: basically, it right. is. Yeah, yeah. Where it's well, like, no, it's not a reverse. It's not harem reverse harem. It's, I mean, not it's just harem. harem. Okay, it's anime.
1: Here, here's why it's reverse though. Like, take a show like Tenshimoyu, Moyu, mm-hmm. You start with ten, two girls, mm-hmm. and then you build up. The number gets bigger.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in this, you start with the big number, and then it goes goes down. Smaller, to two. right? Okay, I got gotcha. you.
0: And also they, like, have, like, apparently just have sex in, like, the penultimate episode. Like, the four contestants can opt to have sex with a person. Well, and that's just, like, a part of the show's, like, structure. And I was just like, what the fuck? God, it's just so weird. such a weird thing to, like, have as, like, a cultural institution. Yeah. That I just wasn't even aware of. I didn't of, even basically. know this
2: thing was still
0: around. Oh yeah, it's it's been around. Um, God, just what a weird thing! What a f- weird cultural thing to take a part of. And I guess thanks to the McElroy, to Griffin <laughs> and Rachel, I joined the Facebook group.
1: I had the idea a while ago. Like, yeah. what if it was The Bachelor, but for gay people? And then okay. I realized that wouldn't work at all because they just, the contestants would all get be into each other.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it wouldn't work I think, at all. I think there was one season of The Bachelor Australia where, like, two of the, like, final girls just left the guy and paired off because they were <gasps> into each other. That's
1: pretty good. That, that's the best. That's I hope that happens for this season. <laughs> that you're watching. God,
0: like, not Rachel, only does it
2: get rejected the third time, but it's, yo, you just got lesbianed, too. God.
0: Alright, we're shipped, By the way, we're shipping Rachel and Nick. That doesn't mean anything to you. No, nope. but she's the best. She's the best. I like. We, I, we I, were, I, we were all about Vanessa at first, but v- Rachel really came into her own in the most recent episode, and we're super, Rachel Nick right now. Man,
2: you ever have you ever like visited someone in the hospital and they're dying, <laughs> and they're laying there, they're fighting for their life, but like the heart monitor's just like beep 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 beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. That's this episode.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Alright, so anything else related to Rat, what have you been up to? No, we gotta go to Castlevania Town now. Alright. We wanna go to Castlevania Town? Let's go
2: to Castlevania Town.
0: I'll take you to Castlevania Town. Hey Polly, Yo. what do you like even more than The Bachelor?
2: I like fucking many things more than The Bachelor. I lo- like- I like having my tilt my teeth
0: drilled. I like <laughs>
2: I like getting tattoos like, in
0: places where it really hurts. Do you like Iga directed Explory Castlevania games? Not at all. Not oh, anymore. Well, like I think, I re-vi- I think Igarashi
2: yeah. is one of the most boring designers ever.
0: What?
2: Yep. I ain't afraid what? to say it. I've,
0: that's definitely not a thing that I've been saying for years. That's, what, like, that's what, I've what I've said.
2: That's what I've been saying for a long time. Is
1: get a new fucking idea. Th- this episode is flatlining harder than his
0: platforming design.
1: Boom!
0: So I revisited a game that everyone here loves and everyone listening to it loves. I revisited. So I played. So remember when I was really sad? I a year remember and a half when ago? you were really uh-huh. sad. So I played Castlevania games for like a month and a half straight, and yep. I played four fucking IGA games in a row Mm -hmm. i played symphony of the night and like 100 percent like like got every relic and beat every
2: 113 and
0: i beat circle of the moon and filled up the map and i beat harmony of dissonance and filled up the map and got all the furniture um and i'd already played the 3ds games as a kid because those came out as i was growing up and i was like oh i'll play these and they were fun
1: um, I just can't get over you going the 3DS
0: while I was growing up. The, so, no, not the 3DS. The regular DS. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I went to send a thing to you today that said, I've got The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass for my 14th birthday. Because I knew it would make you feel old. Uh, um, I just remembered that today. Uh, so I revisited... So And then the last fucking one of these games I played... Aria of Sorrow, mm-hmm. after the 3DS games, and Symphony, and Circle of the Moon, and Harmony of Dissonance, and then Aria of Sorrow was the one that was actually good.
3: So My... I played seven
0: of these fuckers. My um, god. Because
2: god. I'm lagging? No, that's right. Oh, okay. Don't worry, keep going.
0: Cool. Alright, edit point. Mm. <clears throat> so, fucking... I sorry was one that was actually good. Right. Because, um, all right, here's, the, here's two things. There aren't two castles.
2: Well, that's uh, you know, that's a, you know, one sort of relief, I suppose.
0: That's one step up from the other two ones that are kind of good, Symphony and Harmony. Because mm-hmm. I think those are, um, in the first run, like the first run of the four is kind of like where things were consistently interesting, because once it hits Dawn of Sorrow and Portrait of Ruin, it's just completely flatlining. Yeah. Um, and there's just no new ideas going on, and mm-hmm. those games are trash. Yeah. Um, but Circle of the Moon was by the Castlevania 64 people, and it was kind. Of, it's bad, but it's kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even think Igo had anything to do with it. I know. Um, I don't
2: think he did on that one actually.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. It's its own thing. It's cool. It's In a boring way. as shit because it's so ugly to look at and has no personality. It's only interesting uh, because it's boring. <laughs> Um, and then Symphony has some cool, like, that has kind of the best castle, it has the best structure, it mm-hmm. leads you through that first castle in a way that's kind of actually smart and Super Metroidy. Yeah. Um, and, and then you get to the second castle and it's just boring garbage. Yeah. Um, and then Harmony has, is really gorgeous and has really good creepy music and has a really labyrinthine, obnoxious, opaque, um maze design mazy castle mm-hmm. um that kind of wound up working for me in a weird way because it all kind of came like the weird it was kind of obnoxious in a way that tickled my tickled my pickle. that was inter- that was, reminded me of like simon's quest and other games that um Kind of had a psychology to how the ways in which they were kind opaque of, and mysterious. Yeah, it's not it's not really a good game, but I appreciated it, especially in comparison coming right out of Circle of the Moon, which had no personality whatsoever. Okay. <clears throat> um, and then I played Aria of Sorrow, and it's just a good video game. It's just actually a good video game because it's like. Less than three hours long to do the whole game, like, true end. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, that's if you know it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of confused. Yeah, that's like the riddle is figuring that out. Um,
2: So saying it's like a three-hour game isn't really... I don't think that's accurate. I think, like... That's fair. You're you're
0: presenting it improperly, John Byer. Going through it, it took me three hours to play through it this time, and I filled up the whole map. Um, oh, I see I see um, in fact by basically it it funnels you through the castle in another really smart way like I wasn't doing any aimless wandering for basically the whole game mm-hmm. um, and then like right before the climax I was like, all right I'll just do cleanup and go fill out the rest of the castle that I have missed because I can turn into a bat now and fly everywhere mm-hmm. and it took like a half hour like the rest of these games it that's like that's, half the game yeah. is doing cleanup. And yeah. this game, it was just breezy and fun, yeah. Um, and that included like getting the souls to get into the true end and whatnot, um, which actually are like the riddle is actually thematically relevant because you have to get souls to make you more like Dracula yeah. in order to uh, reveal th- the actually questy thing. Yeah. Um, it's actually a really and then the the really what's cool with RF of Sora is that the story is really well executed and the dialogue with Sora is really soma much, soma. Much. Soma. Soma, Sora's Kingdom. Yeah, Mars. it's Soma. <laughs> um, and then the story is actually really kind of good and economical and smart, mm-hmm. and it made me feel feelings. And it's like a little, nice little JRPG story that's squeezed into this structure in a smart way. Like every little cutscene contributes to building up payoff, a setup for um, the, the all bunch of big payoffs in the climax where yeah. you fight. And then you fight the Belmont right after realizing you're Dracula, and you actually have a relationship with the Belmont, and it's the first fucking Castlevania where you're fighting a Belmont, and he's not being mind controlled or a clone. Yeah. Um. And you're he's actually fighting you of his own volition, and it turns out to be a lot more interesting, <laughs> dramatically. And they play Heart of Fire, and it's great. Um. Yeah. And then the last area, there's no map, so it's really creepy. Hmm. It's still, like, weightless as shit, and <laughs> easy, yeah. and I, pay, I beat it without using any healing items or consumable items this time, which made it more a little more tense in the back half. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few bosses I actually had to try multiple times with, like, death is real fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, yeah, I enjoyed, I actually really quite enjoyed the little challenge that that provided. Um... But if you're looking for something like the original Castlevania games, you're not gonna get it with Aria of Sorrow. But like it's the best version of that kind of game that you could ever get without making drastic changes. You're you're
2: kinda works. wrong since Order of Ecclesia exists.
0: Well, I was about to get to Order of Ecclesia, and that's like <laughs> when it that's making the drastic changes. Um as far as like the Symphony and the Night style video game goes, I think like, borrowing that the castle isn't quite as interesting as symphonies, and the music isn't quite as good. Um, I think Aria of Sorrow is as good as that kind of game can get. <laughs> um, then I loaded up Order of Ecclesia, because I hadn't revisited that a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, what if we divide this game up into a bunch bunch of short linear levels and make them kind of hard? Yeah. And it's kind of a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, and
2: Shanoa is
0: awesome. Shanoa is awesome. it's real good um yeah i th- I mean that's like that's like almost all I have to say is that what if we divide this these stupid games up into short linear levels and yeah. have them be kind of hard and have bosses that are kind of hard and the the action is still kind of that weightless feeling um I got action. Yeah. but i kind of i kind of haven't enjoyed that at this point like i like like i kept the short swords um for basically both all of, Aria of Zara and order of ecclesia which i'm still muddling getting through mm-hmm. um because i just like shooting i i just like getting those attacks off real quick you know mm-hmm. um and so i kind of like the feel of that and order of ecclesia is sort of like the most it is the most interesting of those games for just as like an action game. Oh, uh, nice. And I'm really enjoying it for that in that way. And there's not really much else to say. I haven't played it to completion so I don't really know how the story resolves and whatnot. Um, I don't think that I remember, as I remember it, I don't think the story resonates with me the same way Aria of Zoro does, which I really legit think is a good thing. Like if you're going to have like a weightless Kind of brain dead fill in the maze game, like that. That serves a need. Like not everyone is going to enjoy de- the dense Castlevania action that like the old school games provide, because that stuff has re- is real rough and hard to deal with and stiff and all by design. And I love those games, but I think Aria of Sorrow is the best argument for that kind of brain dead popcorn style of action game. Yeah. Because it, it has an artistic conscience to it. I get what you mean.
2: I can see why you see the difference and put that difference between that and Order of Ecclesia, but yeah, Order of Ecclesia is better.
0: Uh, Order of Ecclesia is a good action game. Like, that's the difference. Yeah. Aria of Sorrow isn't, but it doesn't really matter. Like, like fucking Dragon Quest isn't a good action game, but it's good. It's that's not what you're there for. You're there for kind of experiencing this world and this story over the over a pretty breezy handful of hours. Mm. Um, and it just nails that. It nails that so well. And I went back to Aria of Sora after Aria of Ecclesia, because right now I still like Aria of Sora the most, but mm-hmm. I'll, I might have more words to say about Aria of Ecclesia once I wrap it up. But it's it, it's really astounding to play Aria of Ecclesia and just like have level design (laughs) yeah like like
2: it harkens back to a lot of the same mentality that went into stuff like castlevania one and three and like it doesn't Mm. try to duplicate that like intentionally or in any like super crappy form but Mm. like it's that kind of same idea and mentality which i like it like that
0: yeah it's it is the best action game of all of these games. And then they stop making them right afterwards. Yep. Yeah. So like yeah, go ahead.
1: I have a question. When you beat a level in that game, is there no backtracking to it?
0: Most of the time. Like, ta- um, there's a couple of lo- there's like a couple levels where you can like where you get to the bottom of like a cave and then you just walk back out. But yeah. they give you like a bunch of tickets to teleport you back to the town. Mm-hmm. The um, too. I um, thought it was like
1: you beat stage three and you never go back. Once you're
0: on no. stage four, no, 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 right. no, it's not. Okay, it's, it kind of re, there's kind of this half measure feeling to some of it, not
2: wanting to really let go of something. Yeah, yeah, is it kind of like still,
0: it wants you to revisit every single stage and poke around for secrets because there's like 13 villagers or something to rescue, and you have to rescue all of them to open up the true ending, which involves going to Dracula's castle and exploring yeah. it.
1: So maybe um, like. In Mega Man X
0: or something, you can revisit levels afterwards. You you, you have to revisit levels to yeah find oh, the different secrets. Okay. Um, and they have the little maps up top.
1: <laughs> the same oh, little maps. It's just that they're very small. Yeah. So maybe so, this is clo- closer to Shantae
0: then. Where?
2: Yeah. Like, yeah that's, that's definitely where I would put yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So it's like Aria of Sorrow is like this kind of perfected perfected version of something that's kind of broken and bad Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so i love it for that and then order of ecclesia is like trying to be good and fix that and get away from that yeah but it um so then it feels a little held back by the ways in which it kind of is a half measure and holding on to things from the broken bad thing yep so that's so Basically, the ones of these games that I think are worthwhile are Symphony, Harmony, Aria, and Order of Ecclesia, with Aria and Order probably being the ones that are actually good. Yeah. Um,
2: that, that, I mean, that's basically what it sounds like, like how you've laid it out.
0: Mm. I think I've got a pretty good narrative put up. <laughs> I think I tweeted something a couple of years when I first was doing these games. Do I know anybody that would defend... Portrait of ruin that's that's the worst one of these ones right yeah that God, that game's blugh yep and a bunch of people went yeah pretty much is that a ds one
1: yep
0: yeah. it's the, was
2: the first after. ds one it came out it like it was the first ds game that came out and it's just it's like it did, hey look we got touch controls and they're fucking mm-hmm. oh, dreadful oh that's not
0: that's not of sorrow that's the sequel to aria of sorrow oh that's the right. first
2: direct sequel of all of these
0: Oh, okay. Um, wait,
2: wait, wait. Yeah, Portrait of Ruin and
0: um... Dawn of Sorrow. Then Portrait of Ruin. Okay, yeah, Dawn of Sorrow and Portrait. Of... Yeah, those two are bad. Yeah, um, Dawn of Sorrow was the first one of them I played, so I played it to death. And it's like, oh yay! This is a totally brain dead thing that makes me feel good because the lights sparkle when you level up, and numbers <laughs> are going up, and because and look, I I started with a very small maze. And now I'm filling it up, and it feels good. It makes my brain synapses go, "Yay, you're doing good. You're making progress. Look at all it's, these souls you're collecting." I want to make like the Pokédex. I want to make Castlevania Clicker now. Oh yeah,
1: are like it's just a randomly generated maze that fills up as you click.
0: Yeah, it it is it is sinister. I think old ugly. old
1: versions of Windows have
2: that as a screensaver.
0: Yeah, it's it's ugly. Um, because once it gets past Aria of Sorrow, that any semblance of, like, artistic conscience kind of fades away, (laughs) and you just have the clicker game mentality, Mm -hmm. and they still got reviewed so well! People love those games! People love Portrait of Ruin! Mm -hmm. Even though it's this ugly, cynical Mm. thing. Yeah. Like, they all, I think Portrait of Ruin was, like, maybe the best reviewed one, besides maybe Symphony. That's
1: crazy, because from the outside, the only one I ever really heard about was Arya, and then Order of Ecclesia. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because those are the ones that show up in our circles, because they're the ones that are good. Yeah. Um, And Harmony is a John game, and then Symphony is, like, Symphony still gets, like, treated as, like, this sacred... Sacred game that they maybe just maybe they can revisit this magic someday and recapture that magic of the perfect, <laughs> amazing, beautiful game. Oh, that's, totally, that's totally, the Night.
2: What, it's totally what his new game is going to be. It's just going to recapture everything oh, yeah. good and right,
0: bloodstained, um, mighty number. Nine.
2: <laughs> God, looking at like all the videos of that game and just like what it is, it is sucking fucking symphony of the night's dick so hard it's so goddamn stupid what is it blood stained something of the night uh, yeah they've got to have a dumb blank of blank subtitles yeah i too. don't even know. but it's
0: literally blank of the night is the thing yeah like that's it's it's the aria worst. of the dawn night yeah ritual of the night all right but it's that's just cool. like
2: i look at that game and it's just like fuck like is this this is what people really want? Just this same boring
1: shit? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of Kickstarters have been founded oh, on. Oh,
0: absolutely. Like I just. Yooka
1: Laylee. Remember like Ban- Banjo Kazooie? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> remember no, Mega Man? No, because you're excited. <laughs> At what? our game. Ouch. That's totally unfair. I know nothing about Banjo Kazooie. I know. I know that Jack and Daxter's apparently a lot like him. I think that game's fucking
2: shit. The only thing I know about Banjo Kazooie is that nobody I know liked it. So yeah, when I, when this Kickstarter thing got kicked around, it was like, oh, suddenly everybody fucking loves Banjo Kazooie. Where did this come what? from?
0: What? Yeah, like I I think I heard a couple of people recently say something to the effect of like. I feel like the the Iga Castlevania games are basically my favorite kind of video game. And I'm just like, what? What are you getting out of video game? It's so cynical. It really is just filling in a maze and you get these keys that let you fill in more of the maze and you level up and there's flashing lights and it feels good and your brain meets. And it's like the second you get away from like, all right, but what if we're taking all that you know fluffy popcorn garbage mm-hmm. and directing it towards creating a little world and telling a little story because somebody does that momodora reverie of the day. yeah oh well, momodora is actually like more of a good action game too right <laughs> yeah it's oh, also
2: yeah. a good action game but it actually yeah. marries the concept of being a world that you have to explore
0: yeah i like aria of story resonates with me probably more than axiom verge <laughs> like just thinking about it, like, that was kind of a comparison I drew. Axiom Verge is actually a good action game, though. So it's like this, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to think about. Um, but then if you play Axiom Verge on, like, easy, then it's probably about as brain-dead as Aria, so... Well, I don't does know. it have it easy? I don't know. I don't know. Throw my hands up in the air. These games are weird <laughs> and dumb, but I somehow am an expert in on them. Um, I like Aria a lot red Rhett, Rhett, you should play it after, you, since you played a shit ton of these games. It's it's the I, best one of these things.
1: I started, I think, Arya, around the time you did your whole massive compilation. And I <laughs> was just like, I, I lost interest like 20 minutes in. Oh, man,
0: it's so good, though.
1: But, <laughs> but you're saying it's not, though. Like, if I no, want to play totally... a damn game, I should play Order of Ecclesia.
0: But it feels like, when you get to the end of it... It when really clicker, just feels like the end of this cool journey, and it feels so
2: at ten neat. million clicks.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that, but also if you play it without using healing items, which is what I did, and I loaded up. You can load it up on hard mode, um, which I'll probably do next time. Then mm. you get it starts getting some of that um, order of Ecclesia crunch to it, mm. um, which I yeah, really yeah. enjoyed. Um, they they encourage that too. Like there's a no use. Thing where mode where you can turn off items and no souls mode where you turn off souls. Um, I don't know, it's interesting. I think we should stop talking oh, about like okay. because I think I think that beep 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 is going on, Rhett. Polly is <laughs> flatlining here.
2: Yeah, just... I got nothing to talk about this episode. It's just you I guys, know. so just roll with it,
1: dog. Rhett, go for so... it. So This episode is all about indulging in trash, (laughs) trash. fucking trash. So I had the weirdest journey to the game I played next. So you guys know Touch the Skyrim, the video series by Polygon and Nick Robinson and Griffin McElroy, where they uh, destroy Skyrim. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about him on this podcast. Yeah, whatever.
0: So in the fourth episode, I think I caught an episode of that. Yeah.
1: So in the fourth episode of that, they flooded the world of Skyrim. And he also (laughs) installed a Tropical Skyrim mod, (sighs) which is, like, this insane retexture for the entire game that makes it from, like, you know, the snowy mountain area of Skyrim into, like, Tropical Paradise Skyrim. Oh, my God. It's fucking crazy. So I looked up this mod. I'm like, "This, this is insane. We're like, the flatlands become desert. Like, the beaches become, like habitable, like, nice places. I'm like, I gotta install this mod. And, like, I installed it, and I forgot that I had some other total conversion of Skyrim installed at the same time, so, like, the whole thing basically blew up. Oh, God! <laughs> so, like, I spent, like, half a night uninstalling, like, Skyrim 100%, and then reinstall, install re-downloading it, and installing this mod, and loading it up, and making a new character, and being like, okay, yeah, this looks pretty cool. And then, like, not actually playing the game, because... Like, I fell into that whole Skyrim mods thing where it's like, well, I need this mod and this mod and yeah. this mod. And and then you find that one mod that's like, oh, you need to have the DLC to play this one. And then that just ruins everything yep. where I'm like, well, I don't have the DLC, though. So I guess I'm not going to play anything now. God. But so I was really in the mood for a game where you're on a kind of tropical island with the bow and arrow shooting dudes. Uh-huh. And then I remembered. Oh, right. I'm an idiot. My dad got me Far Cry 4 for my birthday. Oh, well, hey. There you go. So I just had that sitting on the shelf behind me the whole time. Like, hey, Hey, dumbass. Why don't you just play this? You could have skipped, like, an entire 142 steps in this process. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, speaking of trash, I played a shitload of Far Cry 4.
0: Uh (laughs) Oh. Ubisoft's kind of the same thing, right? Where they have, like, the. Yes. God. This, like, trash clicker game bullshit. And it's just sort of a matter of whether that stuff is built on something. It's a matter of whether that stuff is built around something that has any worth outside of that. The
1: map in this game, if you turn everything on, is literally insane with icons. Uh. Like. Everywhere you go, there's like a treasure chest or a thing or a doodad to grab. And it's just like. There's plants and animals! I mean, yeah, the plants and animals actually have some sort of gameplay use at least. But, like, yeah. But
2: it's just, like, real silly. It's
1: super, super overloaded. But, yeah, this was. This specifically, I think, was the game where people got fed up with the Ubisoft bullshit. Because I think it was, like, the same year. Like, Watch Dogs came out in 2013. And Mm -hmm. then. Like, 2014, I think, saw the crew also have, like, towers to unlock areas on the mm-hmm. map, and then there was, like, two Assassin's Creed games that were bad, <laughs> and and then Far Cry 4, and people were like, you know, these games are kind of all the same, aren't they? Yeah. But having not played all those, I think maybe Far Cry 4 kind of got the short end of the stick there, because I think that's maybe the best version of their trashy tower-climbing loop of game, you know? Uh-huh. It's so weird, though, how, like, Far Cry 2 and Assassin's Creed started in very different places. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and then kind of became the same game by the end in a <laughs> weird way. Except Far Cry... Well, actually, Assassin's Creed got guns eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, my, my journey through the Far Cry series has been super weird. Because I played a little bit of 2 at the start and was like, this is too hard. But then I played Blood Dragon... Which is like the sequel to three, basically. Then uh-huh. I played three. Then I played through all of two since we've been doing the podcast. And now I'm jumping all the way back to the present again to do four. And it's just like, yeah, this really is kind of the same game as Far Cry 3, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's... But it's been so long since I played Far Cry 3 where it still kind of felt a little fresh. Mm. And this game's very pretty. Like, it's a very good. Well, I
2: mean, that's kind of like always the to... case with these games though they're always amazing looking
1: yeah I guess for when uh, Far Cry 2 came out that was insanely good looking especially on PC playing it now with like you know crank that all the way up 1080 Mm -hmm. you know so yeah this is a game where you stealth around your little playground and you shoot dudes and you take over bases and so Far Cry 4 has that alternate ending at the very start of the game Yeah, bad guy he tells you wait here I'll be right back. And then that's when the game starts. Yeah. And if you and if you actually just stand there for fifteen minutes, he does come back and you get an ending. <laughs> <laughs> so the craziest thing about this game, I guess, is that at the very end of the game, playing it normally, he gives you another choice, which is like either kill me or be a civilized person. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And if you, and if you kill him, the game like literally ends right there. It just goes Finn and cuts to credits. Nice. And if you don't kill him, you get an ending that is incredibly similar to the wait 15 minutes at the start Opening of the game ending? 1. What
0: the fuck is Weird.
1: Wow. So he's he's a little pissed off at you that you, you know, murdered everyone in his army, well, Yeah. but like the endings are actually really similar. And it's just kind of this weird like denouncement of the player, I guess, where like the true option in both cases was to not actually shoot anybody. Yeah, I was
0: so thinking it's ba- that. It's basically yeah. fug- so it's basically fugitive. I
1: guess. <laughs> Not really. So yeah, I just, I just got super, super into this game for a week or so, because... That's all you have been Things, things, things. I just wanted to turn this game on, and then, so it's... I have a, to to... a wingsuit. Let's go do yeah. shit. Yeah, so, like, parts of this game almost feel like a spiritual successor to, like, Just Cause just 2. Cause, yeah. Cool. Because, like... And Just Cause 2 didn't even have a wingsuit. Just Cause 3 is the one that added that. But, like, there's dumb things in this game. Like, a skill that when you drive your car up to an enemy vehicle, you can just press one button and your character will jump out the passenger side door (laughs) into their car and, like, kill the driver and their passenger. Yeah. That like, Just, just Cause 2 had kind of silly abilities yeah. like that, where you could, like, grapple onto the roof of your car and stuff. And, like, there's a grappling hook in the game now, too, where, like, there's some very light first-person swinging, like, in Bionic Commando, mm. which is kind of cool, but, like, it's not used for a ton. Because the map is, like, it takes place in kind of a fictional Nepal, I guess, like, Himalayas Mountains, so it's a uh-huh. much more much more vertical map than the previous game. So they give you a grappling hook, so you can get up some sheer cliffs without having to go all the way around a lot.
2: Uh, I, see. I see.
1: Yeah, it just seems like this game has embraced kind of the ridiculousness more so than Far Cry 3 Kind of in
2: the same way that, like, Saints Row kind of had to own their yeah.
1: own dumb bullshit to have their identity. Because mm-hmm. this game, like, you can ride elephants in this game and, and shoot guns while on the elephants, and it's just, like, really stupid. When, like uh how do i take out this enemy base and the previous game would be like okay now be real careful like tag every enemy before you you go in and like disable the alarms and in this one it's just like i don't know i could ride an elephant and then shoot him with a (laughs) flamethrower see that's the way better solution and there's co-ops of like you can actually do that stuff with two players now even though obviously i'm never going to but that's a cool thing yeah and like i think there's Don't remember if there were helicopters in the previous one, but there definitely are in this. So at some time, I was just like, why don't I just try to take out this base from the air with a grenade launcher? Because your sidearm, like, when you're doing a lot of, like, driving or flying, you can only use your sidearm. But then one of the first sidearms they give you is just a handheld grenade launcher. And it's just like, well, why would you give this to me at the start? Because I'm not literally not going to use anything else the rest of the game. yeah. So it's just—it's a good chaos, blow stuff up, and then you yeah. kind of lose yourself in that game. And cool. th- they're very good about letting you disable like as much of the UI as you want on a very super granular level. That's good. like so. Like first thing I did was just turn off everything, and just get super lost. And it's like, okay, maybe I should turn on like the objective waypoint.
0: Yeah, as like
1: the one thing. <laughs> so I like kind of worked up and then it's like oh maybe maybe I should be able to see my health that might be helpful that a little bit and then so like there was one other I think I turned on like the ammo counter or something but then like I never actually turned the mini, the mini map back on Yeah, and you can to- just keep that off yeah so you can just totally play the whole game without it and it's perfectly fine basically That's nice. but it's funny though so the Far Cry games at least the ones I've played 2, 3, and 4 They all have a weird consistency thing where they are very long games and then you think you're at the end and then there's a second map. Yeah. So like, Far Cry 2... So it's like
0: Symphony of the Night.
1: Yeah. So It's like, Far Cry 2 is like super long and then all of a sudden, like, you just get a a full-size second map and it's just like, oh my god, and then the game is just kind of way too long. And then... (laughs) Far Cry 3, you beat it, and then you're like, oh, by the way, there's a second island. And it's just like, what the hell? And, like, the second island just kind of feels half-assed and not as interesting as the first one.
2: Yeah.
1: So then Far Cry 4, there's, like, a very big obvious gate to the north. And then, like, the game just straight up teleports you away from it if you get too close. So, like, I had done, like, almost all of the open world stuff in the southern half of the map. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I had to, like, grind through, like, ten story missions to finally tear down the gate and get to the north. And it's just like, oh, man, like, you really made me work for that, huh? Mm -hmm. And then kind of immediately lost interest in how long the game was becoming once I had finally actually gotten to the northern half of it. You just kind of, like, get fatigued with those kinds of games.
2: Like, there's too much shit, like, there needs to be a quicker way to just get me to the story shit.
1: Yeah, But, like, my favorite part was actually, like, just kind of fucking around in the open world and taking over bases. And then it was like, okay, you're at the north now. You can take over the rest of the bases. And I was just kind of like, I kind of, kind of just want to finish this up now. And then even mm-hmm. the story seemed to acknowledge that because it was, like, 14 or something missions in the south and then, like, five in the north. Like, it wrapped up in a sudden hurry. Oh, yeah. And then there's... So there's characters that give you like differing options for how to take on missions. And like it's supposed to be this big moral choice and for me it was always like do you want to do the stealth mission or the mission where you blow shit up? And I'm just like the one where I blow shit up. Yes. <laughs> and they're like okay, we can take over this temple or blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> okay, you can sneak in here or you can ride in with an elephant and destroy it. <laughs>
2: The elephant, you always go with the elephant option.
0: Yeah, so you can ride in here and blow everything up, or you can sneak in here with an elephant.
2: Yeah. Hey, now there's an idea.
1: I don't think the enemies might see you if you ride in with an elephant.
0: Maybe, but Then it'll like, take you to the same island you're on now, except everything is upside down. Oh, dude. Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah, any game that gives me like c4 and explosives and landmines and stuff like and know, elephants have, and elephants yeah innovating the formula yes yeah i i, I like blowing stuff up it's, it's kind of like a slower just cause too where like there's a there's way too much downtime in the game i think um, like getting between so yeah, places
2: like yeah when a world's that big and there's yeah that, yeah
1: And they do, they kind of, you know how in, like, PSO2 there's, like, random emergency missions that happen out in the field? Like, they kind of do that where, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, there's a hostage over there. Go shoot the commander. Or, like, oh, there's a battle taking place over here. So, like, they do try to do things to, like, liven up the world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny. One time I was, like, climbing one of the towers to, you know, unlock parts of the map. And then, oh, a convoy's driving by. Blow it up. I'm like, I'm on top of this tower. Uh, they're way down there. So I just start, like, raining grenades down and, like, actually managed to <laughs> blow them up. I'm just like, that was pretty cool. That's not bad at all. Yeah. So that, that game's fun, but it just really It's very, it it's the, the, the
2: Ubisoft thing.
1: Yeah. Like, a little too much that got a little too sammy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and then, so, one last thing. There's these Shangri-La missions Mm -hmm. that I had heard were, like, the worst thing in the game. And they might actually, like, be the best, I thought. Mm -hmm. Like, there's these, like, single-player story-focused linear missions where you go to Shangri-La and, like, you only have a bow and a a tiger as your companion. And it's just weird all of a sudden being in, like, kind of traditional narrative, like focused single-player yeah. first-person missions. And, like, there's a huge boss fight at the end. Oh, wow. And it's, just like, and it's just like, there's, like, a second game hidden inside this game. This thing is so big.
2: <laughs> that That actually sounds more yeah. interesting than the actual yeah. game.
1: <laughs> and it was a little frustrating that they kind of... So two of those missions are locked to the north, mm-hmm. where you have to physically travel to them to get them. Bruh. And then, like... The, like, the second-to-last one ends on this cliffhanger, and then it's like, oh, now I have to go all the way over here to get the thing for the last one. Yeah. And then, like, it just picks up wh- on the, where the story was continuing. It's like, okay, time for the boss fight. It's like, boy, that was, like, the worst dramatic pacing ever. <laughs> and the Okay, one more one last thing is that I almost missed these because when I disabled everything on the map to make it more legible, mm-hmm. the Shangri-La missions are under collectibles for some freaking reason oh that's real they're not confusing. with the, they're not with the rest of the mission icons that's, they're under collectibles that's it's real confusing like thing i was like when do you get the shangri-la oh uh, why would you do that game that's real stupid they should be like pointing a giant arrow at these and it's like hey this is the thing you want to do Hey, more fun we, things to do yeah that are probably we, we, way more fun <laughs> We put we put a ton of effort into these. Yeah. <laughs> to go do these, not hiding them away. Yeah. That that game's pretty cool. The
2: Ash Lake of Far Cry Four.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool.
2: So that's Far Cry Four. John, what else do you have?
0: Um, I played Castlevania One. Did you? <laughs> that Wondering. game's a masterpiece. Yeah, that game's a masterpiece. It's one of my favorite NES games. It's real sharp.
2: I put that game uh, alongside Ninja Gaiden 1 as two of the most finely refined and just well-put-together NES platformers ever.
0: Yep. Just every screen says just what it needs to. Yeah. to get through it. It's it's real perfect. There is I like, love it no lot. bullshit.
2: Like it feels like everything was like tested and tested and tested. Like enemy placement is so perfect. Like yeah. just like platforming is always like spread out, but also kind of neatly tucked together, so like everything's yep. paced so well.
0: Yeah. It just feels so right. Um, there's all there's there's this class to the architecture too where the whole castle fits together really neatly. Mm-hmm. Um, near the end of the game last year when I played it, um, or the year before, I looked at the map and noticed how when you finish stage three, there's a big drop
3: yeah.
0: before the start of stage four and how start, start of stage four is like a, um, basement area. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a, there's a disjoint in this game, in this game's structure, in this cl- in this thing. And I was looking at like a run through of like the MSX version or something, mm-hmm. and there was this little cutscene where it shows you dropping from this end of stage three to the start of stage four. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, whoa, that's so cool and smart. Why did not they have that in the NES game? And then I looked it had... up in the NES.
2: Yeah, I thought that was in the NES version. And it is in the NES game. Yeah. I was full
0: of I didn't I looked it up and I was like, Oh, that wasn't there. Yeah. I just never noticed it. You just so big dum dumb. I just big dum dummed and this entire game's like architecture holds yep. together pristine lake It's
2: actually put together pretty well. It's really smart. Yep.
0: It's basically like it's like Wily 2, uh the Wily Fortress in Mega Man 2 is kind of the same deal where it feels like this place where mm-hmm. the architecture is where the tiling is kind of consistent and it has this big progression in the music where you go from the big heroic theme to the tense theme. Yeah. Um and that's like the best part of the game. That's when you like it like not necessarily the best platforming but Dramatically, it's the most exciting. Yeah, and then Castlevania One is just that for the whole game, where you just start right outside the castle, and then you just it just builds and builds an in intensity. It just keeps escalating. It's a real yep. good game. It's I, I think it's just a perfect platformer. Um, I loaded up Castlevania Three and played up to the Doppelganger fight. Ooh, that
2: fight is just miserable.
0: Yeah, um, I even tried using save states, and it's just. Like, I just I just I, stopped caring.
2: I love Castlevania three, and it is my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite of the three of the three on the yeah. NES. Even though, like, I really you know from a game design standpoint, absolutely love everything that the first game does and how perfect it mm-hmm. is. Castlevania three just always struck more of a chord with me. And even like mm-hmm. that, it, and even then, it's got some kind of eh to it. And the doppelganger, got some the, end, the doppelganger think. fight is definitely part of that.
0: Yeah. Um, First time I played it, I did it through the Alucard route, like, both my first yeah, playthroughs. Yeah,
2: I think that's where, like, how most people end up beating it the first time.
0: Yeah, it's rough. I beat it without the code back then, mm-hmm. and I just had no desire to do that this time. And then, so I put Plugged in Help Me at the start and, and spent two hours, hours playing and... it. Um, and then I got to near the end, and I was like, okay, time to start dropping save states. And then I still was just... Kind of, then I just lost patience. So that, that game
2: gets just fucking brutal. Yeah. It does that not care of,
0: about your feelings at all. The whole build-up to the death set piece is... Death fight is great. Yeah. Where they have the falling bridge. And yeah. then the fight itself is... The fight itself is like... That was like the one bullshit piece of probably Castlevania 1 was how that fight that goes down. That
2: real stupid.
0: If you don't yeah. have holy water, that fight's... You're fucking just, done, mostly. Yeah, you're done. Uh, but then... Castlevania 3 makes it just feel a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, and they add this big dramatic second phase. It's pretty easy. Yeah. But it feels cool.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so that's that was sort of like where it peaked for me. And then after that, it's like, okay, now we got these two stages. And I'm just kind of losing interest. Yeah. Um, so I think that's my least favorite of the three. But I like it a lot. Um, and, you know, it's kind of that. Um, it's kind of like Sonic 3 and Knuckles for me, where, like, it feels like, um, I can, I can see how it moves from Castlevania 1 to Castlevania 3 to Castlevania 4, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, Perfect. where 3 feels a bit more expanded, a bit less, where uh, there's fewer th- moments in it that feel individually memorable to me, like, one, yeah. um, the songs are just a little bit less memorable to me, but, so, uh, um i I was feeling like almost negative towards it for a while, and then replaying it was like, oh no, that's that's dumb it's like this like m- imperfect Castlevania slightly mushy Castlevania is still way better than the most platformers um and this was still Castlevania just with all the teeth, yeah, and especially coming off of both the Agavans, it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this, this
2: these shit. things can kind of beat your ass sometimes,
0: yeah, and have action with like that you have to think about, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um and then I loaded up Rondo of Blood, which I did not revisit last time and I remembered it being my favorite, so I haven't played it in like 4 years. Rondo of Blood. Is,
2: yeah, Rondo of Blood <laughs> is pretty goddamn great.
0: Yep, just just kind of across the board. Yeah. Um that game, it's all the little touches that they work in. Um mm-hmm. uh, I uh just all the little animations like the uh, behemoth, the behemoth, half the behemoth um, chasing you through the uh, first or second level.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and just the way that the stages branch organically in the levels themselves, outside of, instead of like with Castlevania 3s slightly awkward to me. Yeah, um, yeah, just like between these, level transitions. Yeah,
2: the between level transitions aren't quite as smooth as three in three. And yeah, it feels a little. A, just This game has a more it, sensible kind of like you can visualize it a lot more. I think.
0: Yeah. um, And then... Yeah, so the main line of stages is real smart, and then getting those secret stages feels real good. And then Climax is great. It's just across the board, probably, the richest. And really, the, I think the thing with Rondo Blood is that it feels the best. Oh, it absolutely
2: does, yes.
0: It is the best-feeling Castlevania game. It doesn't have, like... Castlevania 4 expands your movement by just letting you whip in all eight directions. Yeah. which makes the whip super powerful and makes things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um instead of that, Ronda Blood makes it so that whipping still takes time, still takes a second. Um you can only whip in the two directions, but you have the backflip, um which is so smart and fun. Yeah. And when you pull it off so when in the right situations it feels so good. Um making it so that you can jump on and off stairs. Yes. Um, giving you a little bit more control over how you jump and whatnot. Yeah. Making it so that you can face in the same direction while moving back and forth. Yes. Um, all those little smart additions that, like, stay true to the soul of Castlevania without... while also expanding your kind of moveset. It's... It's... It's it's kind of... It really feels like... I, I kind of compare with Mega Man X, I think. mm mm-hmm. Um, where Rondo Blood is sort of like to classic Castlevania, the way Mega Man X sort of fits into classic Mega Man yeah, with I the wall climbing, that is dashing.
2: Definitely a good comparison because they both represent, I think, the same kind of evolution of their um, chosen formula.
0: Yeah, and Mega Man X is pretty much my favorite action game ever, so I think that's pretty, that's, yeah, pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah, um, comparison yeah rondo blood is kind of the best evolution that series could have ever asked for i think yeah um so i don't i still feel like the first one is perfect i don't really think and bloodlines in its own way is perfect bloodlines kind of lacks that architecture because it's much more like this Well, it's a world connected... you know, like it's a it's
2: a you know, it's a world hopping game. You go yeah. you know, you go here or there. There's no real connecting fiber between the stages at all.
0: Exactly. And even in the individual stages they jump from set piece to set piece yeah. and they have things that don't make any sense. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, like the screen dividing into multiple sections in stage 6 like for the Medusa section. Why is
2: that a thing? Because it's the Genesis and we want to show how big our dicks are.
0: And it makes for an amazing action set yeah it's awesome bloodlines is i think the most joyous castlevania game and castlevania one is probably the classiest and then rondo blood is just this smartest i don't know smartest yeah Yeah, i think that's how it feels the best yeah um i think the only criticism i came away from it with was it's pretty dumb how stages two three and four are just the music for it is Oh, here's stage one theme from Castlevania One. Here's stage one theme from Castlevania Two. Here's stage one theme from Castlevania Three.
2: And that's just a real dumb criticism to have.
0: I don't know. It's like maybe it makes the game feel a little le- like it has less of a musical identity. I don't know. Eh, I think I think. Yeah. I
2: mean, I can kind of see it, but eh. I think
0: it's I, not. Much it's kind criticism. of a nitpick. It's a nitpick, definitely. They're good they're good arrangements too. Yes, they're fantastic
2: uh, arrangements.
0: Yeah. That good that good old Red Book Audio. Yeah. Yeah, play Castlevania games. If you like video games like that that's kinda like my homework, I think, for game designers, <laughs> like, is play play NES games, play like the original Metroid, play the original Zelda, play the original Castlevania. Um, probably play Mega Man two. Um just figure just figure out how that shit works because that that stuff is so much of so much of our language was just invented there basically and it's so important and so good and i feel like a lot of that stuff is there if you a lot of that magic is there in games like dark souls nowadays and whatnot and
3: yeah
0: just stuff that it just nothing as very little has helped me thinking about games think about games more than playing a bunch of NES games right I think that's it for me.
2: Wow. Brett, do you have mm-hmm. anything else? No. Nope. Holy shit. Hours. We're done! But I no, got a question, have... though. Do we have <laughs> any. like, There's nothing really newsworthy that's happened. Yeah, right? I
0: guess I just thought of one. What's that? Ugh. That shit with Lady Killer made me feel real bad. Oh, oh, yeah.
2: Christine Love's kind of annoying, and
0: I don't like her. Made me feel like, yeah, it made me feel like shit because that was my favorite part of the game. Yeah, she basically edited uh, a
2: part of of the game out, and it was done kind of in a way where it's a slap in the face, really.
0: Yeah, where they just took it out without like it's not like an option or anything. It is just, oh, we are replacing the climax of this seven-hour video game that you invested yourself and gave. Kind of, kind of invested your heart in a little bit. A, a part of a game that says, "Hey, you know what?
2: You're okay." And then, oh no! Wait a minute. We can't have that in there. You're not okay anymore, weirdo.
0: Yeah, this is just gross, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everyone, and like a bunch of people were kind of like side-eyeing me. Actually, when I was trying to bring that up, and it made me feel gross and bad, so I kind of had to. <sighs> and It was. I think that was right after the bad times really yeah. began in earnest. So I was already feeling very vulnerable. So that was like a weird shitty thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but I have my original DRM free zip file of lady killer. To there mind, you so. go. So long as you so.
2: have that, you got, you got all the, the jollies you want.
0: Exactly. Like, so exactly. I don't feel, I don't feel too lousy. About so it other now. than that, I've, is there I've any other news
2: or...
1: no other news? Yeah. Nintendo keeps talking about how they're maybe working on a 3DS successor, and it's like, you idiots, do you not even know why people wanted the Switch? Nintendo's stupid. They don't get anything. They really don't seem to get anything right now. It's like, no, no, you you need to put everything into the Switch or else people won't buy it. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just like... Another Wii U. <laughs> yeah, like
2: if you go ahead and just go the, with this whole idea of creating another fucking handheld, your handhelds, you know, market is so goddamn strong, it's still just going to cannibalize the fucking Switch market. Yeah. So, questions? Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to questions. If you've got questions, send them to net or to us on Twitter
1: at smps underscore updates. Rhett, hit
2: me with some questions.
1: Okay, this first one comes in from Eric of twitch.tv slash Eric's joystick. I know that guy. Yeah, we all do. Who is your Valentine for Valentine's Day? Trick question, it's me. What are we doing?
2: Oh. Um... Dog, I'm just gonna, like... <laughs> Play video games, probably. Okay, Dude, his, actual question... his actual question. <laughs> his extra question.
1: Yeah, actual question was: Also, do you fa- do you folks have a favorite co-op game? Confident. And uh, me, me and Polly have a long history of saying we're going to play a game co-op and then never doing
2: never it. Never fucking happens. We've tried yeah. to like, like, how long have you had a PS3? How long what? have we have we needed to play Hardcore Uprising?
1: I'll do that sometime. We'll get it. And
3: then,
1: and, and then I did that, and it was really
0: fun. We played through, like, the whole game. Yeah, game's pretty good. It was a blast.
1: I loaded that game up fairly recently and just got
0: fucking destroyed again. Like, oh, oh, yeah? I expect that
1: to everything. happen.
0: I heard someone uh, I... complaining about that game, like, today, and I, like, a little while ago. I was like, nope, you're wrong. So yeah. good. Fuck it's good. It's so hard, there.
1: but so good. Yeah.
0: Uh, for co-op games,
1: I really like the first Left 4 Dead. Oh God, yeah! Left 4 All Dead was an amazing experience. Yeah, we played so, fuck- so that's fucking so like fucking much. One, that's like my number three played Steam game, or maybe it used to be. Yeah, we played, it's like, pretty. It's still pretty high on my list. That.
2: Did not like. Left I, my, Dead I too actually have my
0: number one co-op game. Mm-hmm. It's Kirby's Epic Yarn. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good that's pretty good. That and, that and Super Mario 3D World. Those are the ones that Anna and I have had the most fun with. Mm. Yeah, like I, I grew, good.
2: I grew up playing Contra with uh, a friend of mine, and he was yeah. always my, he'd always, he'd always been my Contra buddy. So, like, you go through those Alien Wars, man, you come back with scars, you bleed together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where you're always like, this is the run.
2: Yeah, we're always like, this is the run, and it might, it usually always is because we're pretty. Yeah, you
1: good at the, the we're game. pretty fucking good at Contra. Okay, next question comes in from Jetstorm4. Here's a question for you. I'm thinking about after the Gen 6 list. Uh, What's a great survival horror game to play for someone who wants to get more into the genre? I would say... So I don't play a ton of survival horror games, but I'd go with either the Resident Evil remake or Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 4. Yeah, those two
2: are real good. Just start with the best. (laughs) Yeah, you might as well. Eternal Darkness is amazing. Uh it, my
0: first one was Silent Hill two.
2: And yeah, yeah. Silent Hill Two is
1: just <laughs> oh boy. Is that is that too hardcore for a newcomer to the genre? No, it's it's no, actually I it's think definitely that, the
0: easiest of the yeah, first
1: three. Yeah. But I mean will it
0: will it fuck you up emotionally? Oh probably. <laughs> oh no. story wise it's gonna fuck you up, but like yeah. as far as like survival horror rules and mechanics, it's yeah. it's very yeah. soft. Yeah. It's very gentle. Yeah,
1: I don't know a ton of other games in that genre unfortunately. I'm just
0: I'm the Sweet resident Home.
1: baby. Just start with Sweet Home. <laughs> <laughs> just pick up Resident Evil 7. People say that's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: They do, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, though, I'm right? I'm yeah.
1: real stoked to play that sometime. Cool. Okay, next one comes in from Mikkel. Any any serious topics that yeah, let me start it over. Any serious topics you'd like to see handled in depth in the game? A lot of games do handle war and religion to agree, but would you like to see some... uh, But would you like to see some explore it more or less? Well, I think, like,
2: games need to definitely expand to like, include more and more, like, you know, it's like we were talking about with Dumb Dragon Girl anime, uh, Mm -hmm. where, you know, you've got the representation of gay parents, like, I'm not saying make a video game out of gay parents, I'm just saying, like, that like go forward with that idea of like making more games that tackle really interesting things. Like there was a game about being blind that was released and I know it wasn't very good, uh, according to the people that played it, but I think that that kind of thing being expressed
1: and out there is pretty cool. Yeah. And then there's stuff like, uh, Agreed. papers, please, which very unpleasant game about an unpleasant it is thing, a very unpleasant game about a very unpleasant thing, especially now. Yeah, I just kind of realized that as I was saying it.
0: Yeah, I think we should have more games that are love stories and more games that are musicals, or like any games that are musicals. Let's have musical romantic comedies by like <laughs> Rockstar. Can Rockstar make that, please? That would be the first Rockstar game I'd probably play to completion. Of. There you go.
2: Um, that's a heavy topic, right? That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... But I mean, like, as in terms of just like off the top of my head, like I've, yeah, it's not something I've really thought about. It's just something mm-hmm. that I do encourage: is that, like, if there's an idea that's not been done in a game, or there's an element of a story that you want to bring to a game that's never been there, fucking do it. Let's have yeah. it. The
0: world. I think ready. pretty much every media idea at every like. Thing that is explored in art is being explored in games. If you're not finding it, then you yeah. just need to look harder. Yeah, yeah. And also it's not like, like oh games haven't explored um, abuse or games haven't explored sexual politics or games haven't explored gender or games haven't explored these things. Yeah, they, they have. Yeah, there's a lot
2: of <laughs> games that have. You just got to do a bit of digging for them, uh, you know, yeah. like on Itch.io and things like that. Like, definitely. Yeah. Like, if you want to play more games that have more relevant yeah. games and that go beyond that, they're out there. Why don't
0: play Far Cry 4?
2: Yeah, don't play <laughs> Far Cry 4. If you come away from any advice of this episode, <laughs> just don't play what? Far Cry 4. <laughs>
1: How did I get thrown under the bus here?
2: Because it was more fun at the moment to throw you under the bus. That's
1: true. It was John throwing, too. too. I know. Weird, huh?
2: Like, kind of like a nicely, you know, I got the assist on that.
1: <laughs> I know. But I think to what you guys were talking about a second ago, like, yeah, there's stuff out there like, uh, what was it, Dysphoria? Dysphoria. Uh, yep. It was yep. a big one. And then Coming Out Simulator. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff's definitely out there, and I think you're just kind of never going to see... Like a major,
2: atti- yeah, entirely but about g- something like that, or covered yeah, as much. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to look for those kinds of things and listen, like keep your ear, you know, to the ground of uh, other developers because other developers yeah. talk about these kinds of games all the time.
0: And you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty close to there. Yeah, if you're not there already, yeah. you're you're in that circle. Yeah, <laughs> basically people that talk about this shit
1: yeah and also like every call of duty game is about war and every jrpg is about religion so yeah <laughs> those are pretty covered yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much it's not a jrpg if you don't kill god at the end
0: yeah. more love stories though love. what about
1: more horny games yeah more I, I, horny I, I love guess, stories i guess there's a lot of those actually yeah. especially on Steam. You know? yeah steam's well, just
0: chock full of the horny now <laughs> More horny 2017 has been my battle cry, especially since I've seen a few people go, no horny 2017, and I'm like, oh, fuck you. Oh, I'm gonna... go a fucketh thyself. Yeah. More horny
1: 2017. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't really rhyme.
0: No, it doesn't. 20 Serpentine. <laughs> yeah, I love yes, that. Serpentine yeah. is
1: good. Okay, Rainiac writes in. With the rise of VR gaming this past year, what do you think the next great innovation of video games could be? <laughs> and I kind of think it still is VR. Like, VR has not peaked. Like, there's still yeah, like room to grow. And like, you mean, like tech-wise, stuff. yeah, I think that's what he means.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm not really that mm-hmm. invested in those kind of growth. So I think. I think what's going to be cool from games is just seeing people make shit. And just with regular ass tech with probably not very complicated graphics <laughs> like fucking Undertale yeah. Yeah, and like more like stuff I... like that. VR is interesting, but like, like that's VR what is just so
2: new. Like I don't even know like smell o vision? I don't know.
0: Whatever. Yeah. I I think I... I think the future is not in tech. I you think you can, you can in...
2: smell all the girls of Neptunia. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Okay, that would be great though. I'd be into it. I'd go for it.
0: (laughs) Oh, Virtus smells. Look,
2: I'm just saying
1: Uzume's hair probably smells real good. (laughs) I saw a thing a while ago. It was someone playing with like one of the Oculus Rift dev kits from a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they were like in some like semi sphere thing so that when they walked forward they would stay in place.
0: <laughs> oh wow but,
1: but then the game would translate that so they were playing half-life 3 like actually running around physically and it was like that looks effing crazy that's pretty and like cool. actually able to duck and like look around corners and stuff i'm like this this is the future that, and, like, that would be pretty neat if that's a thing that could you yeah. know
2: consistently
1: be done and it's affordable. like affordable I don't think it'll ever be affordable, No, though. never. Like a stationary treadmill or something. Nah. So that when you walk, you just stay in I the mean, seat.
0: that's the shit I was, like, mapping out as, like, a 12-year-old. Like, wouldn't it be really cool if we just made this? And, like, figuring out how that would work. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very much like, oh, this is the future.
1: Yeah. Because right now the VR tech seems super cool, but, like, the whole point to teleport thing is super weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, people say that, like, games where, like, you're sitting in a vehicle feel a lot better because there's not that dissonance of, yeah. like, yeah. moving forward without... Actually or, like, moving. Just, yeah. Or, like, holding up on an analog is just yeah. kind of strange when you're in VR. Like, the entire but I guess experience Resident... feels dif- yeah. divorced in some way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Apparently Resident Evil 7 works very well in VR, and, like... Capcom published some stats saying like 10% of players are using VR, which is much Whoa. higher than I expected. They, yeah. they really
2: got behind VR on that game. Like when it yeah. like even when it was announced, it was just like, you know, this is going to be like a big VR experience. It was just like, well, that's, that's pretty rad. Yeah. So it was just like, it was like in their scope of production for a long time.
1: It's something that they, they clearly took a lot of time to think about. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I think VR is going to continue to be the big tech thing for a while, because I don't think it's yeah. going to go away. You know, like, I, I, I kind hope it doesn't go away. Like, okay. I don't want it to go
2: away. I just have no interest in it myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what else is it going to be? Is it going to be prettier graphics? Graphics that take, yeah. like, three years for a team of 100 people to crank out instead of two? Or yeah. graphics no, that but... take five years for 200 people to put together yeah. to make an yeah. eight-hour game?
1: I mean, I think we're already well at three years yeah. Yeah. And especially if you're talking about like fucking Final Fantasy teams taking decades God. on games. Yeah,
0: we've we've kind of hit like peak as far as that goes. I yeah. think. But like we're like, counting we're
2: counting fucking that. pixels now. We're idiots.
1: the
0: Frames
1: and Digital Foundry. Okay. Next question comes in from Chelsea. She says, Rhett, how badly is New England going to get their asses kicked on Sunday?" Oh. I don't. I think they're going to win. Oh, and really? But if, they, but if really... they
2: lose, you're actually allowed to call off work.
1: Oh yeah. You call off that Tuesday. That's a great. Uh, that's a great
2: uh, thing about <laughs> Rhett, Rhett's uh mom is that anytime the
1: Patriots lose the Super Bowl, she has to take the day off work. But Monday was already assumed, so it was the Tuesday that's being called off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this one, John, I'll like this one, comes in from Mike Yarram, a.k.a. Peaches, I think. Yep. Which game talks about love best? Not just cuties having a romance, but as a main theme.
0: Ooh, that's good. That's real good. Hmm. Well, I mean, you'll play the best one in like a week, but um, <laughs> let me take a look. <laughs> All right, can, is there another question? No. Uh, Damn. Oh, you're not giving me a lot of time to think about this. There's a lot of really good love stories.
1: Okay, I was going to skip this one, so I'll give you a couple minutes. Freezing Inferno writes in, Hey, Polly, how about that Double Dragon 4? Double Dragon 4.
2: (laughs) I don't believe that this thing actually came out of Arc System Works' ass. I don't see how this happened. It is just, it's everything that is wrong with the retro revival it is such a shitty no effort just look at these sprites that you remember from 1990 isn't that cool what if we made a bobo gray that would be great wouldn't it and it's just like I, i i am still just like i watched freezing inferno stream the entire game and I just sat there baffled the entire time. <laughs> like, literally baffled at how Arc System works, a company known for throwing just effort into fucking everything they do. How does this turd come out of them? We got platforming, guys. Oh my god. That, that looked that's terrible, what... too. Oh my god. Just as terrible as you remember. Exactly. <laughs> I and it's got. And this thing is overwhelmingly positive reviewed on Steam. What? Yeah. People actually like it? People like this piece of garbage because, hey, it's like my Nintendo tapes! Oh my god. There, John, I bought you some time. God.
0: There's not <laughs> enough love stories in video games! Final like maybe, Fantasy VIII. That's, uh... that's just what came to my brain, is like. <laughs> that's why I was so disappointed in Final Fantasy VIII because it was like, oh here's an RPG where the love story really is kind of front and center and also there's a bunch of witches and bullshit, but yeah. <laughs> like that was the point and they just flub it. Yeah. And I was so sad because I just wanted them to knock it out of the park. ah, um, oh, man. I remember Consensual Torture Simulator making me feel warm <laughs> and nice. Um, you huddle and drink tea at the end, but I don't know if I'd love that now, but that made me feel... Oh, Gone Home is real good. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Gone home has an amazing little story in there.
0: Yeah, I think Gone Home is a good one because the love story really is kind of front and center. Um Undertale has a bunch of nice little love, there's, a few nice little there's love stories. There's one I too. wanna say. But yeah? if I
2: do, I'm spoiling something for John. Because it's just hmm. the name of a title, like Oh, is it Life is it's Life is Strange? No. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's something else. And I don't wanna say it because it's not immediate that this thing is a, a love story. And Shit. and then it turns it, and then it's just like, oh, this thing's just getting cuter and more adorable as it goes. And, oh, um, but
0: if you say that, it's going to make me want to play it way more.
2: <laughs> but if I tell you what it is, you'll know it's coming, and it won't be Ugh. as exciting.
0: All right. One yeah. of its trails in the sky. No. Okay, damn. That game's
2: pretty upfront with its love story, and actually. Oh, the love story? The the, char- <laughs> the it does have a love story and the characters are Yay. genuinely in love with one another. Uh, so I think it's really uh, interesting. Okay. But I haven't, is it contemporary? I, haven't finished, I haven't finished the second one yet,
0: though. So I don't know. Is it contemporary? What do you mean? Oh, you meant um, uh, you haven't finished the second Trails in the Sky game? No, I haven't. Okay, is the love story game contemporary?
2: Uh, yes. Okay.
0: Ugh. Okay, it might be like read only memories, or I don't know. I I'll figure it out.
1: Read only memories just jumped to my mind too. Even though I. Oh, okay. Polly just told me what it was on chat. <sighs> yeah, I just I just typed it to him.
0: Oh, that's brutal though. It's it so is.
2: But now <laughs> is you it, won't. You won't see it is coming. It, is, is it the clown game. You won't. Damn.
1: You won't see it drop coming, seat. but you'll thank Let's me. Drop. But that's. All right. It's also not something really about love. Like, that's a very specific thing in games that doesn't seem to yeah. come up very much. Because yeah. games are about shooting people. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: Basically, you just need to be... You need to have a bunch of text. And... be Like, you don't need that. But it really helps to have a bunch of text where people talk and communicate and learn yeah. about each other. Yeah. Like, that makes a big difference. It's Is, is it super hot? Absolutely. <laughs> With a name like that, how could it not be? Lisa, The Last of Us. It's definitely not Lisa. That,
2: the Last of Us. Nah, there is a cute nah, little love story in the kidding. DLC. There is a he cute was... little love story in the DLC, though.
0: Uh huh. Unless it's Momodora Reverie under the moonlight, which would be great.
2: There you go. That's Uh, what it is. That's what it is. You know what's funny,
1: though? Okay, the developers of The Last of Us said the first game was about love, the second one is about hate. And I'm like, how is
2: the first (laughs) one about love? Are you out of your mind?
0: God. They actually did say
2: that. (laughs) They're out of their minds. Any more questions? That's it. Love is good. Love is good. That is all the questions. I want to remind everybody again February 14th. Uh, Her Lullaby will be released. It's a game, it's a visual novel by myself, John Thayer, Carmichael McCallus helped us on the art, Taylor helped us on the music, um, lots of other people. You all know who you are. You're getting properly credited, don't worry.
0: Um. You're all fucking rad. You're all fucking
2: rad, and it's, uh, Again, something we're very proud of, and we hope that uh, even if you don't like it, let us know. Like, we want to hear feedback. Yeah. Like, it's just like, just let us know what you think. People, artists like to hear what people think of their shit. <laughs> if there's anything I learned from the beginner's guide. And so. <laughs> so. Yep, just love feedback. Don't worry, there's a lamppost in there. Don't worry. God, this game is so good. Yep, yeah. you're going to love it. John Thayer, where can we find you?
1: FarawayTimes.com. Rhett, where can we find you? In 3.tumblr.com. But go to SocksMakePeopleSexy.net to read the Gen 6 list.
2: Yes, go read that Gen 6 list. I'm Polly, and I hate Sonic the Goddamn Hedgehog's stupid <laughs> adventure. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.